Calling all black cats. Black cats needed. Oh, you don't know what that means? I'll explain it in a second. I do. Oh, I know you do. It's your job. But first, we dance. Listen. Oh, I hurt my hip. I should stretch before I dance. 609, last night on Monday Night Football, which I rarely watch because the games have been awful. But last night it was the Giants and the Cowboys, one of the great classic NFL rivalries, even though the Giants are pretty terrible and the Cowboys aren't a whole lot better. Mm-hmm. And it was pretty uh, average first half, and then all of a sudden, a big old fat black cat shows up on the field um, at MetLife Stadium. And uh, it was a dream come true for guys like Kevin Harlan, who's one of the more entertaining play-by-play guys, mm-hmm. who called the cat running around the field until he got into the end zone for a touchdown. Turns out the cat lives in the stadium. And uh, the people at MetLife said, we've been a little lackadaisical in trying to get the cat because the cat certainly appears to be healthy as it's eating snacks from everybody that drops them. <laughs> Uh, and it's a big old fat black cat. Pretty good speed, though. Pretty good speed. Pretty good turning. Yep. I thought quick shifty, step. Shifty. Yeah. Um, I thought he was adorable. And he wasn't caught, either. No. No. He's he, a little chunky. I loved it. But the, right? But they did say, the stadium says, when they locate and safely capture the cat, they will take it to a vet for examination. That cat is not going to get caught. That cat has to, the, the cat's got the moves. What are they examine him, examining him for? Well, I don't think anyone's been looking after him, Mary. He needs. What to do you go mean? He's the... a big, chunky guy. He's I know, but he might not be. Might not be healthy. Though. Doesn't that make him a, like a feral cat? Well, I don't think yeah. he's feral because if he's living in the stadium, he's eating handouts. I would also wonder if he's got a drinking problem because there's a lot of leftover booze <laughs> yeah. too. He deserves to be in a, I, <clears> surrounded <throat> by love. Yeah, I suppose so. There, there was a cat at Old Chicago Stadium that lived in the uh, in the bowels of the stadium. Mm-hmm. That was a healthy cat. That was a big old cat because mm-hmm. that cat had plenty to eat down mm-hmm. there. Well, this cat is not starving. No, no. this cat is is been eating well. I can't wait for the cat rescue groups to start calling yes. in. But you, <laughs> they're too busy worried about boycotts of other things. You would think this is the first time. There's ever been an animal on the field. It was just, it was such an average game. I think it was really entertaining. And because everything goes viral now, why not? Now, here's the thing. Yeah. We need to get a black cat uh, to all Bears road games going forward. <laughs> uh, because the black cat put a hex on the Giants, and the Giants who were ahead at halftime ended up losing a game. Well, you know, in many cultures, a black cat is considered good luck. Just FYI. So it might have been a sign of good luck. We no, don't have to put all this negative energy for the around this. <laughs> I know. But I mean, for Giants got throttled. <laughs> I know. But I'm just like running to help the Bears. Anything at all. <laughs> what do the Hawks play again, Dave? Hawks play tonight. Oh, no kidding. The San Jose Sharks. No cats involved. Well, this cat Two reminds me row. of Cinderblock the cat. Cinderblock the cat, the viral video. Right, the cat that just stood next to the treadmill and just rubbed his paw on it. <laughs> well, one, he just used one paw yeah, to walk on the treadmill. It's adorable. That's all I'm going to do. Uh, all right, so let's do the top six, six, six. From the Steve Cochran Auditorium in the lovely Sunrise Hotel, it's time to get your kicks. Get your kicks. Get your kicks. With the top six, six, six. Super Joe, why the special music today? What have you decided here? 
Oh, that would be uh, for my friend Chris Duffy. Special top six and six music? Yes, indeed. This is groovy. <laughs> is it? I don't know. It's, I feel like I should be doing like... Is this another meeting I wasn't included on? What's the, uh, what's, what, what are we doing here? Uh, you asked for this. I did? Yep. <laughs> yeah, that's, a, wow. that's sort of a game show, maybe even a Latin feel yeah, That's to what it. it is. Latin game show. <laughs> I don't know what Buffalo Wild Wings has fired the employees involved in an alleged racist incident at the uh, restaurant's Naperville location. Well, it wasn't allegedly racist. It was racist. Having said that, groups that are calling for a boycott of the Buffalo Wild Wings chain... You're being ridiculous. If the Buffalo Wild Wings people don't take action on a corporate-wide level to address how to properly treat people and what racism is, even though you shouldn't have to have that discussion, uh, if they do that, then uh, what's the point of a boycott other than to cause problems for the rest of this company? And by the way, probably get a lot of other people out of work uh, they might otherwise support. So let's just be level-headed here. The racist people have been removed. Buffalo Wild Wings needs to continue to educate the uh, people that work for them and tell the public what they're doing. That's it. We take this incident very seriously and after conducting a thorough internal investigation have terminated the employees involved, said the head wing. I, I, I don't I don't know who the head wing is, but, you know, it's the person in charge. All right, next. Chicago Police Superintendent Eddie Johnson says he's thinking about retirement. City's top cop didn't confirm that he's planning to step down, but did say... You know, I've been toying with it for some time, that during a break at the 2020 police budget hearing yesterday afternoon. Anybody that's ever been involved in budget meetings would tell you they're thinking about retiring, even if they're 30 years old. (laughs) Uh, Next, McDonald's has lost another top executive, the Chicago-based burger mega giant. Monday said that uh, chief people officer, uh, what's a chief people officer? You know, I was thinking about this this morning, and I, I don't know if that's maybe just a fancy way to say HR director. Yeah, that's I don't, what I was thinking, no, too. Maybe, but, yeah. but I've never heard of chief people officer before. I maybe just, he wears the round of McDonald's shoes? I don't know, maybe. but I, I thought the same thing Steve Grzanich did, but visualized a Lego uh, person. <laughs> you know, the yeah. Lego See, I, person. I immediately envisioned, like, the Hamburglar. With <laughs> I like the people roll, police roll, 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 officer. Roll. I think that's kind of cute. No, not the people police <laughs> well, officer. Well, that's what I'm calling them. It's the chief people <laughs> officer. <laughs> She's in a groovy mood. It beats HR. Yeah, that music got me. David Fairhurst is the dude's name. He's left the company effective immediately. McDonald's wouldn't say whether Fairhurst's departure was connected to the firing of CEO Steve Easterbrook, who had an, a, 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 a stated... Consensual. A stated consensual, inappropriate relationship with an employee. Coming out Sunday, the Easterbrook was out. I was surprised that Easterbrook, who's made fifteen to twenty million, was leaving the company with less than a million bucks. Normally, when these things happen, even if somebody's forced out with cause, they get a big old bucket of cash. And that that's is, a lot of money, but it's not a lot of money compared to what he was making. That is but, true. It and, does seem that they always get these great parachutes, right? Of- Right, and and so the the company did go uh, did say that it, he's um, losing those unvested stock options. Mm-hmm. They didn't talk about his vested stock options, which could be much more. A lady can uh, this next. A leading consumer organization called yesterday for all infant and in, uh, inclined sleepers to be immediately pulled from store shelves. And uh, Holmes, the president and chief executive officer of Consumer Reports, sent letters to nine manufacturers of the industry group, citing seventy three reported infant deaths. Demanding immediate action just a few years ago, inclined sleepers could be found in millions of homes used by sleep-deprived parents, hoping they'd help their babies dose. You know, um, Mary Vandeveld, uh, my fellow grandparent, um, I didn't. I, this, I'm new to the sleep suit, uh, I, the weighted sleep suit. You know about the sleep suit? 
Not the weighted one, just the the snuggly, you know, the one that they're wrapped up like a little burrito. Uh, this is <laughs> this is looks like a little spaceman suit. Oh yeah, I have seen those, and it's yeah, heavy. My kids don't use those. Because a whole deal, we seem to have found, right? Studies have seemed to indicate that sudden infant death syndrome was caused when babies rolled over accidentally and uh, suffocated. They couldn't, they couldn't roll themselves back away and be able to breathe. Yeah, well, there are many things when we used to have blankets in the beds and bumpers and all that So stuff. now the deal is, exactly, and now the deal is put them in a crib with nothing in the crib. Absolutely nothing. And uh, and and put them in this. this but they get suit. cold. It's, you know, I well, their like, sleep suit is, is oh, it's, uh, it's kind of hot. Yeah, yeah. But I, you know, I felt bad. I put the little guy in the crib last time I was there and uh, put him down, and he just looked like a little spaceman, just yeah, all by himself in the adorable. middle of space, adorable, with nothing, yeah, nothing to read, absolutely <laughs> no TV adorable. Watch, nothing, to drink, to nothing to read. Get you a matching sleep suit. I, you know, I thought about getting one. It would help help you sleep. Like, you know, the Kardashians use a weighted blanket, so we could get you a weighted blanket. Is it a Kardashian labeled weighted blanket? blanket. They're so nice. Um, Anyway, it's a serious deal, and I don't know. How would you describe what a sleep baby infant incliner is? I don't. I don't know what the. I don't even know what this is. I have to look it up. There's so many different apparatus, apparati that they have that these kids have. That it's just it drives you nuts. You know, you got to have this. You got to have that. I'm like ah. Next, Rachel Ray's getting her own restaurant. Seems like that would happen by now, but this month Ray announced a partnership with Uber Eats. Hey, they're your favorite people, Uber Eats, aren't they? Uh, them, DoorDash, Caviar, everything. Okay. <laughs> Grubhub. Uh, her first ever restaurant concept of any kind. Uh, it all begins Tuesday, uh, that's today, here. Part of a nationwide launch runs through the end of 2019. Um I, I don't understand what she's doing here. Well, Does this mean she's partnering with Uber Eats and making stuff? This is something that's been a new phenomenon. For example, Food and Wine magazine, or was it, I think it was actually Bon Appetit, um, they were doing their best recipes and offering them via Grubhub or Uber yeah, She Eats. calls it a virtual yeah. restaurant. So a lot of these restaurants are just doing it via the delivery service. They don't have a brick and mortar spot. They just have a commissary where they're making the, the meals and and sending them out. Right. So Rachel Ray food available today. So Rachel Ray comes on immediately after our program at 10 o'clock on Channel mm-hmm. 9. Mm-hmm. And as soon as she starts cooking, that's my quiet time. Everybody knows in the newsroom to leave me alone. <laughs> let me watch what she's Aww. cooking. And then I drool for 10 minutes over what she's making and go oh, back to I like to that. A little insight on mm-hmm. Steve Krasanich. She always makes good food you know i once cooked on a talk show on, on television no on, way uh, what did you make there's a show called the mike and maddie show in the 90s and i think it was abc and uh, so they fly me out to la to do this segment and i don't know why i was cooking but i was cooking <laughs> and i got a recipe from my mother and i was so inept at it um, because what happens is on tv that you you pre-prepare or other people right. pre-prepare it because you don't have time to do the whole cooking yeah. and waiting TV magic so in the preparation, I called them the dry ingredients and the wet ingredients because uh, I didn't know what else to call them. And whatever I was making, I, was, I can't now I can't think of what I was making. But anyway, I slapped the whole thing together and then uh, pulled out a complete turkey dinner uh, like I had made the entire thing. Via TV <laughs> but, magic, here it is. Yeah, yeah. but uh, not good. Not good. Not exactly Uber Eats or what are your other friends? Grubhub, uh, Tri Caviar, yeah. DoorDash. Uh, and finally, this <laughs> new research shows it's something as simple as the color of your shirt can completely change your mood and outlook for the day. Well, what do you say to a guy that wears black most of the time, then? <laughs> Chic, perhaps? Orange is known to be the happiest color. Whoa. That's not a great color on me. Like, what kind of orange? Like, the orange that construction workers oh, wear, like, wow. on their vests? Or, like, a... Trump orange? <laughs> I don't know what kind of orange. Um, it's called a warm tone. Other warm tones seem to increase the mood the same way. Bright colors like red or pink 
release dopamine, which is the feel-good hormone, which can extend our attention spans while wearing it. <laughs> well, it seems like maybe we all should start wearing that. I'm going to come in now in canary yellow. Is that the color? Yes. Yes. Okay. You could come in neon green. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That'll be a hot color for me. Anyway, that's your top six at six. That's it. That's all today for the top six at six. No more. Yeah, yeah. There's going to be another meeting. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god! Yeah, I don't know what I started happened doing now. laughing routines again. Uh, that's a great point. That's exactly what it sounded like. Uh, <laughs> waiting for uh, uh, people to pop their heads out of windows and tell stupid jokes. That's my job. Um, the worst text you've ever sent is the text question of the day. The worst text you've ever sent. In other words, a mistake text. This comes from Emma Bunton, former Spice Girl. She uh, said in an interview the other day that she accidentally sent a text to her mom. The topless text to her mom. Mm. Hey, mom, look at my boobs. The uh, Spice Girl said the photo and text were meant for her long-term partner, who she was missing while on tour with the band over the summer. Luckily, mom just made fun of her and the two of them. Uh, The singer explained all this on the pilot for a new show in, uh, in England called The Paul O'Grady Show. I'm a big fan, aren't you, of the Paul O'Grady show? Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, she said, I was away from my other half for a few days. We're very much in love. I love sleeping next to him. We're together all the time. I did a little TMI. selfie with the boobies <laughs> and sent him the boobies. She could have lied to her mom and said, I was trying to send it to my doctor. It was time for a mammogram. Mm-hmm. And I f- felt that, you know. It would have been worse if she sent it to her dad Oh, or her oh. uncle. You can't unsee that. Ew. So pretty much everybody has sent a text they regret, right? Mistake text. I've, I've well, I've sent the certainly I did last week. I sent I sent a text to the wrong person, but it wasn't anything bad. It was just wrong. When do you send your topless texts out? Are those the oh, other times? No, those are those. Yeah. Those so three one two ninety one seventy two hundred. That is the text question of the day. And uh, you can tell us, uh, uh, you know, about your text nightmares. What do I always say, Steve? I guess you can do it, uh, you know, the bad email, too. And you always say what? Don't hit send. Don't hit send. What do you do? Just leave it in your well, <laughs> inbox forever? No, you <laughs> really long and hard about <laughs> Think it. Think about it first. I believe what it. we decided, you finish whatever you've composed, you set down to the device or walk away from the screen. Yep. Mm-hmm. You take a walk around the office, possibly around the house. And then you come back, reread it, and consider whether or not you're going to do it. But usually when you send the text to the wrong person, it's because you're texting multiple people yeah, at the they're same in the time, feed. and you're super busy, and you're in multitasking, and that's what's happening. You accidentally I hit send. I think and if then... you're sending out nude or semi-nude texts, you pretty much got to make sure it's going to the right person. <laughs> True. It's in terms of sexting, but other types of text messaging, you might be texting four people simultaneously, and that's, that's always when I've accidentally sent the wrong text to someone. I'll tell you a quick story um, a former uh, guest on another radio station um, a terrific person and a great guest but had a particular affectation to their voice which m- was distracting mm-hmm. so the first time this person was on and i've had this person on since and they're great guests so i'm disclaiming here a lot but just to show you that 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 it was a you know a premature response on my part so i sent a text i thought was to my producer and it was, in fact, to the guest. See, that's the sort of thing that I've done before. And I sent it to the guest that said, yeah, the guest was great, but what the hell's with the voice? And, you know, slam the voice a little bit. And what did the person, how did they respond? 
Uh, and something like, well, that's an eye opener. And then I apologize profusely oh for Oh my gosh. I'll tell you my story that's similar to that. So, all right, we'll do that coming up. Uh, and it's 6.30, and we're going to get to the news here with uh, Steve and Ned Kid of the Week. Uh, don't forget, you can go to WGNRadio.com slash contest and tell us about your Kid of the Week that you want us to know about. We're always looking for more great entries into Kid of the Week. We'll do it after this. Now, how old are you? I am 10 years old. 14. 8. 12. I'm 18. I'm 10 years old. What grade are you in or about to go into? I'm a senior. Eighth grade. Sophomore year. I just uh, finished junior year, so yes, I'm a senior. I'm in fourth. What do you do for fun? I love art. Art is my favorite. I do soccer, basketball, cheerleading, tennis, baseball. I like to plan a trampoline, and I love to make slime. I act and plays, and I sing all the time. I also write stories because I love writing. I play tennis. I also like to play soccer with my best buddy, but I'm not. Team. Listen, you're a great kid. What do you want to be when you grow up? I'm still figuring it out. Pediatric oncologist. I really want to be a marine biologist. I'm not really sure yet, but I'm looking into biomechanical engineering. I want to be an orthodontist because you can help kids feel better at their smile. Will you run for president someday? I want to. Are you excited to be on the show? Yeah. You sound super excited. <laughs> Have you ever been more excited than this? Yeah. It's Kid of the Week. Great kids talked about here every Tuesday morning at least. You know, when they come up in the rest of the week in news stories, we have to dig for them. They're out there, but people don't talk about them. You know, Dave, you hear all the bad news. You don't hear the good news. That's right. That's what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Oh, and by the way, completely separate topic here. But so far, great text coming in on the text question oh, good. today. Good. I don't want to mix these two features, a great no. kid and these adult texts. No. All right. Good Let's idea. go to Molly Schneiders. Good morning, Molly. How are you? Good morning. I'm you're, doing pretty well. You're a senior at Hinsdale? Yep. What are you going to do next year? Um. Well, I'm looking at colleges now. Uh, yeah, I don't know yet. What do you think you're going to do? Well, I'm really looking forward to maybe Northwestern, but I'm hoping to go into biology and pre-med. Wow. You must have great grades. No. <laughs> Come on, you must. Don't be modest. You must work hard at school, right? I do like to work hard. Okay, good. And uh, our friend Dave Ennett here. Dave is a very big deal at Northwestern. And Molly, he can just drop your name and you'll be in. (laughs) Molly, I don't think you need my help. You're going to do just fine. All right, so Dave will drop your name. And if it doesn't work out, you know what I mean? Uh, no, Molly, listen, nothing but good luck there. So let's talk about you here. Uh, Molly first became involved with a nonprofit called Field of Dreams Uganda in the summer before her freshman year, so that's four years ago now. It serves kids yeah. in Uganda through education, soccer, girls' empowerment, works with primary schools, teaching strategies, motivating students to make sure they go to school. And uh, you also work with Habitat for Humanity, Special Olympics, and Playgirl Soccer, too. But the charitable end of this, man, that's a lot for somebody your age. It's a lot for somebody any age. Yeah, I think it's um, really common among my community. I think we're really inspired to go out and help. Well, you should be proud of that. I hope you are. And who got you involved initially? Um, So my dad and I jumped in initially. We saw a talk about Fields of Dreams Uganda, and we decided on the spot that in a few months we were going to go to Uganda. You think you'd ever go? Um, I did go, yeah. Wow. How cool is that? How cool is your dad? Yeah, he's awesome. All right, so you went to Uganda, and tell me, did that inspire you more? Yeah, that was an amazing experience. Um, I really got to see that Fields of Dreams Uganda works through soccer to encourage people to go to school. And being a soccer player myself, I got to play with them. And seeing the kids 
like so motivated to go to school and then on the soccer field afterwards that was really 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 cool to see wow very impressive uh gee say hi to our new friend here hey molly i know that uh you went over to uganda and you were doing some good work there but how did it change you um i was really able to see another side of um life basically like for us around here school is pretty much granted you take the bus to Mm -hmm. school you go there but in Uganda, some kids were having to walk four miles to go to school. Some had to work throughout the day and weren't able to have the time or the money to pay for school. Right. And Fields of Dreams Uganda offers um, the ability to pay $50 for one uh, term of primary school. And it only costs $100 to go to one term of secondary school. But around here, it's, it's just free. Did you talk to some of your friends about what you experienced and what you saw in your thoughts, um, like the ones you just shared with uh, Steve and I? Yeah, definitely. There were some funny times, too. Like, the kids in Uganda would point to my braces and be like, what are those? But (laughs) I couldn't really explain them because I was paying to have my teeth straightened when they couldn't pay for food, and that was a really weird experience. But having said that, was there an ang- a language barrier, or were you able to get over it just because it's, you know, kids talking to kids? Um, there was definitely an ang- uh, a language barrier, but they are taught English through school. Um, well, I bet yeah, they loved they you. Laugh. I bet they love seeing you. Yeah, they love having visitors. We send about five to six trips every year, and you just go around to about 11 to 12 primary schools, and you get to play with the kids, and work with the teachers. It's a really cool experience. If you become a doctor like you think you might, you think you'd be a doctor over there or at least take trips over there to help? I think definitely. Um, I'm also interested in translations and language barriers with Spanish and English, so I'm thinking about maybe working with that. Better not go go too far from your dad. It sounds like he kind of likes you. (laughs) Just a bit. Yeah. I just think this is a remarkable experience and something you'll carry with you for the rest of your life. I'm sure that's something that will never be far from your thoughts in terms of what you experienced. Definitely. Um, have you been able to get your uh, friends, uh, you know, more interested in charitable things because of all the work you do? Yeah, um, we just had a 5K, and we had over uh, 1,200 people worldwide, but I got a bunch of my friends to come out to the race, and... That was really fun. And then a person I play soccer with, I think, is going to come to Uganda with me pretty oh, soon. wow. That's awesome. Now, when you go off to college, it's a little tough to keep everything going because you're learning a whole new life. But I have no doubt you're going to be able to do that, too. Yeah, I'll try. Do it. Do it, Molly. You can. Of course. Uh, Molly, it's great. Give your dad a hug. And uh, congratulations, your kid of the week. We've got some prizes for you. Thank you. All right. Hold on. How about that kid, huh? Getting it done, Super Joe. Molly is getting it done. She's not a disappointment, Joe, like you were to your parents. Oh, that's debatable. But it's also parents that are getting it done. I mean, could you imagine our parents taking us to Uganda back then? I would. They would have never even thought no, of, of doing something like Absolutely that. No, that's one cool dad. Yeah. Wow. Uh, Super Joe, you could be kid of the week, but you're not a port this week. I'm just saying.
Uh, what do I need to do? <laughs> well, you need to go to WGNRadio.com slash contest and enter yourself. Uh, in the meantime, uh, what will Molly win? She's going to win a Lou Malnati's gift certificate and an apt gift card. we got to change the copy so that it's card and card or certificate and certificate. Yeah, you do it, man. I'm going to just do it. You just do it. You I'm make that exact decision. I'm not going anybody's permission. No meetings. <laughs> Completely meeting free. When we come back, you guys are you guys are on it today. Text message. Worst text you ever sent or received. This is after one of the uh, Spice Girls sent uh, a boob shot to her mom. <laughs> 312-981-7200. And the staff will admit theirs or make some up. Are you a little concerned about what wrong texts you might get this morning? Oh, huh? I didn't even think about that. I'm actually looking forward to a few of those. <laughs> Which great. I think you are. Might wake them up, actually. Yeah, I don't think so. <laughs> I mentioned I got up at 2. I know you did. There's That's... not a lot happening at 2 a.m. I know. I feel bad. You've not been sleeping well. No. No. Why I mean, I? you don't sleep well in general. Well, but his, is it the time change? That's his job. He's stressed out. I don't know how you've done it. You've done it all these years, Mary. I don't know how you've done it. Did I you? have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> because I tell people all the time, and everybody that's up at this hour knows this, it never gets yeah. normal. No. Mary looks good doing it, though. Mary looks fabulous. Looks you haven't seen my brain. <laughs> no, but we've experienced it. I think many it. cells are missing. <laughs> all right. The text question again. Worst text you ever sent or received? It's starting to get pictures of people now. I told you. I thought you guys liked me. <laughs> 6 real. Well, trying to convince a friend to interview for a job that I was the manager of. I accidentally sent my boss to text saying that, just apply anyway. If nothing else, I'll take you out to eat for the interview and we'll get a free meal out of this stupid company. <laughs> Whoops. 6 real. I sent a text complaining about my sister. To my sister. <laughs> meant to send it to my husband. Six real worst text I ever sent is every time I mistakenly text WLS. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Okay. Seven seven three. My neighbor had an operation, and I was uh, chatting with her eighteen year old son about what she needed done around the house before she returned from the hospital. Later in the day, I was chatting with my two closest girlfriends about bra shopping. A few hours had passed when the eighteen year old let me know. He had received the bra pick from his mother, meant for the girlfriends. Oh, mm-hmm. now that's awful. Three words, therapy. Mm-hmm. You can't unsee it. A15 accidentally sent a nude picture to my boyfriend's mom after a month of knowing him. That's really terrible. Then his mom showed the dad. No. <laughs> this is who your son is dating. Mortifying. Or dad went, well, the boy's doing okay. People just should not take naked pictures of themselves. I Listen, 100%. 100%. You want, you want to be naked with somebody? Go to their house. <laughs> uh, let's see. Next. A15, when I found out my daughter had lost her full scholarship because she was too busy partying to do her, partying to do her assignments. Full scholarship. Full scholarship gone because she's out having a good time. I sent her a hysterical text that started with how effing stupid can you be you know with the the uh, mm-hmm. at sign uh-huh. the mm-hmm. yeah. exclamation point the pound not the actual word the text actually went out to a group text to people i was on a fundraising committee with seven seven three two teeth fell out last night with my meal ah the joys of aging that text incorrectly sent to a friend who I was trying to impress that I was younger. Oh, oh. no. <laughs> that. It's funny. Now, that person is probably lying about their age on uh, Match.com. A little bit. Mm-hmm. bit. A15, my supervisor texted me on my day off to come into work. 
Um, I met to send my friend a text letting him know I couldn't go out but forgot to change conversations, and I sent this to my supervisor. Sorry, dude, can't come out tonight. D-bag called me into work again. Oh, no, now that... Does he still have a job? Doesn't say. Yeah, it does not say. (laughs) I mean, the the thing that's bad is he may not really feel like his boss is a D-bag. He was just being funny with a friend. Uh, yeah, well, explaining that's, that. that's a that's a good way to start the meeting. <laughs> I'm just saying. I, I don't know where it goes from there, but that's you know. I mean, you might as well try that, right? I mean, why not? Uh, an inside joke. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, Seven oh eight. Steve, my son away at college, sent this. My bed is distressingly empty. Oh, <laughs> oh no! My oh, gross. <laughs> So cheesy. Distressingly. Ooh. Wow, that's yeah. an interesting He's word. learning new words. <laughs> 847, to avoid any potentially embarrassing text issues, I have a different screen color set up for my intimate partner. Smart. Wow. You can customize your text that way. That's technologically savvy. Yeah, you just, you just customize your text for a particular person. And in case of uh, nudies, I'd suggest red. <laughs> i just suggest not sending yeah, nudies. I'd suggest no. I mean, nobody looks good. Yeah. With a camera. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I know you're let's getting not, some photos. Let's not say nobody. I'm just saying it's not. I mean, you got to think about like it's hard to take a selfie. The angles, the lighting. I mean, you know, I, I don't know. Like, how much thrill can you get from a nudie pic? I guess um, I'm not a guy, so I don't. Know. Yeah, it depends on the <laughs> depends on the point of the evening, I suppose. <laughs> I mean, how thrilling can a boob be? We've all seen one. Listen, uh, they're all special. (laughs) Why should you criticize? I'm just saying, and also, I mean, there's nothing. I mean, there's just very, there's just nothing attractive about intimate parts that close up. You've gotten some bad texts in the past. (laughs) You need to, you need to get people sending you the right stuff. Six three zero. When my daughter was in college and had a big exam coming up, autocorrect didn't help and changed my text to "Good lick on your teat." (laughs) Speaking of. And so it goes, 312-981-7200 is the number. Keep those texts coming. Uh, There's this. I hit the audio button accidentally on my iPhone, sent a voice text recording of me complaining about my family to my family. (laughs) Now, I'm terrified about that, like your phone accidentally being on during a conversation. It's listening to you anyway. You know, as neurotic as you are, I can't (laughs) believe you could ever do this, send a bad text, because you're on it. I well, the only time. But you're that, very organized, detailed. No, to that the point. only time it's happened to me if I'm multi-texting uh, and there's work. You want to tell me about one? Well, it's pretty innocuous. I was, I um, basically was address very, the jury, please. <laughs> I got lucky. I was going to get a write-up in a local magazine, and the editor of the magazine was writing me, and I said, "Thank you so much." So I was effusively gracious and thankful to her. At that time, producers were reaching out to me and coworkers saying, oh, my God, we heard this is going to happen. Awesome. This is great. And so then I was downplaying it to them. So I said, well, it's not like it's Vogue or anything because I didn't want to, you know, I can't take a compliment. And no, I didn't you want You're to. Awful so, but I accidentally sent that to her. Oh, boy. And then so oh, then oh, can boy. you imagine the days and 
months that I continue to apologize to this uh, one. Oh boy, what did she say when you apologized? She said, "Oh no, 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 no worries." But I think she knew. I think she knew me well enough to know that I didn't feel that way. It was I was trying to downplay it. Did you explain? I'm really bad at taking compliments. I'm very honored by this. I just wanted <laughs> I to try to put I it in context. I sent her, a, you know, a text that was like three pages long, so mm-hmm. <laughs> only making it more awkward. And this wasn't a text; it was an email, but to mock me. Um, someone here a while ago won Cubs tickets when we, you know, did okay. the Cubs rolls years, and um, I quickly emailed him while I was on the air, taking me to the game. B word. Mm-hmm. It went to a woman in charge of our HR department. <laughs> did you Did you get a talking to? Uh, the sales guy realized right away, um, or I, I must have told him, I guess. He laughed so hard, he actually went and told her I had done it to make sure she checked her email. <laughs> <laughs> and she was a lovely person. I went in, she just said, it's okay. I raised three boys. It's okay. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Good times. Uh, bad text, bad email. Stream it to um, And uh, keep them coming. It's a very interesting collection yeah. we have coming in this morning. But I was mortified because I was thrilled, but I couldn't handle the compliment. I wanted my... You're still struggling with it right now. I feel bad. Well, it's a nice honor, that's all. Uh, And you didn't mean to. All right, we'll do this. We'll come back in just a second on 720 WGN with the Northwestern Medicine Newsroom. Maybe this should be uh, your ringtone for some of the wrong texts. 710, one of the former Spice Girls texted her mom a picture of her boobies meant for her longtime partner. Keys to question, 312-981-7200 textures. Worst text you ever sent? 773, I sent a message to my son that I have some forms to show you. Autocorrect changed it. Keep in mind, this is from a mother to a son. I've got some porn to show you. (laughs) 708, my husband and I were getting ready to go on vacation. We were looking forward to some vacation nookie. So I thought I'd send my truck driver husband a text to make him smile. I texted, hey, baby, can't wait for a little afternoon delight on vacation. I sent it to my boss by accident. Oh, now that, that's too much. Well, that could be, no, I guess it couldn't. No, there's <laughs> Afternoon <that's> tea? <laughs> High tea? <laughs> text the back. little finger sandwiches? <laughs> text back was, if you're looking for a raise, it's not going to work. <laughs> Instead of making my husband smile, give the whole company a laugh. Uh, 708, send an instant message to a coworker. When you're screwing the boss, I guess you can get away with anything around here. Ooh. Accidentally send it to the person who was screwing the boss. <laughs> I really want to know the follow-up. I want to know what happened. I'm guessing it was probably a little ugly at the office that day. A15, oh. my wife's friend called her in the middle of us uh, fooling around. And by the way, these are in a row. I am not just picking the sex text. These are in a row. This this uh, horned up audience that we have, just so you know. I was very uncomfortable even just printing these. <laughs> my friend, my wife's, and by the way, and I've, I've edited a few. There's a couple of them can't go on air. My wife's friend called her in the middle of us doing it. My wife grabbed the phone to see who was calling, chucked it off the side of the bed. Unknowingly, the phone was answered when she threw it. My friend got to hear the whole thing. Oh. Yeah, but that's not a text. Yeah. Eh. 
Well, she that's a butt, phone that's a butt just, call. Just to <laughs> elaborate and add on to that text, there is a study that found 62% of women do check their phones during the act. Because they're concerned. Well, they just oh, check, oh, check they're their bored. phones. Oh. They're bored. Yeah, or and our kids might be calling. addicted you know. to the phone. So, it's so the 62% old, of women. Yeah. yeah. It's the old joke. She looked up and said, we have got to paint the ceiling. <laughs> playing Angry Birds. Oh, I've bir- never heard of that joke yeah. before. They're playing the Angry Birds. <laughs> Do people still play Angry Birds? <laughs> uh, 847 intended to send a text announcing my wink, wink, successful return to the dating scene to my friend. Sent it as a group chat to all my adult daughters. <laughs> oh, no. Mommy's getting some again. Hello, girls. Mommy deserves some, but that was a bad text. <laughs> Uh, six real. My daughter had borrowed my phone because hers died. Next morning, I got a text from her boyfriend when I was leaving the gym. It said, "Good morning, sexy." Oh, that's that's innocent enough. I replied, "Thank you. I'm 55. I don't hear that much anymore." <laughs> <laughs> the 18 year old was appropriately crushed. Oh, <laughs> and 55 year olds are still sexy. I agree. Butt dials are welcome here as well, based on that previous text. You know, worst butt dial. And by the way, who amongst us hasn't gotten a butt dial where you haven't listened to the entire message on your voicemail to see if there's anything in there? Hmm? Especially when it's like... Right. You go, I know they're going to say something. Yeah, you're I know just gonna say something. You know the other thing, those live photos. When you're, you're not an iPhone guy, but, but the live function mm-hmm. on the photos, if you press on it, that it's recording audio while it's Absolutely. taking those pictures. It's a mini video. It's people that yeah, people don't realize video. that that mm-hmm. anything they're saying is, is also being recorded. Um, the the sound is being recorded. This all alludes to how much of all of us are voyeurs at heart. We want to know what's happening in other people's lives. Well, we absolutely. like looking in. We like- information is power. Come on. <laughs> Uh, no, we actually want to know that we're not nosy. as yeah, yeah, we, that we're not as screwed up as we think we are, because <laughs> other people are just as screwed up, maybe. Well, I mean, that's the text, uh, the butt dial version of looking in someone's medicine cabinet when you're at their yes. house, right? Not that I've ever done it. I think you have a couple times. Um, all right, so <laughs> at seven thirteen, keep them coming three one two nine eight one seventy two hundred. Let me go to Steve for a second here, Steve. I'm pretty sure I heard you say during the news. That a guy was stabbed to death over a Popeye's chicken sandwich. Yes, it happened in Prince George's County, Maryland, near Washington, D.C. All right, the chicken sandwiches came back on Sunday because the chickens agreed to uh, the CTU strike settlement (laughs) uh, and agreed to go back to work. Um, But this was a fight in line over a place in line? Yep, people who were in line apparently say the uh, fight broke out between people who were waiting for a chicken sandwich at this uh, Popeye's chicken. Uh, The one person was stabbed in that fight. It uh, doesn't say what happened to the other person, whether that person was arrested. We're guessing they are. But, uh, yeah, so uh, Popeye's chicken sandwiches turned deadly. This, uh, who who would ever imagine that this would happen over a stupid chicken sandwich? Well, it, and who, it's, here's the situation. It's not over necessarily the chicken sandwich. It's over the waiting in line. I saw yesterday on social media, cars were backed up mm-hmm. in Chicago waiting to get into a place well, for this. somebody tried... Pe- Oh, sorry. No, and people were standing in lines out the door and around the building waiting for these chicken sandwiches, and they were only getting one sandwich per person. 
Someone, so that creates the frustration. Yeah, someone but, on our team. Just so we could reiterate, Steve's not endorsing stabbing someone <laughs> no, over no, your no, place no, of no, line. No, over, you, yes, you've exactly. been in one of those lines exactly. before where somebody does something and you're like, you know what? Are you, well, you've thought about right. it, but you haven't actually gone right. through the act. Um, somebody on our team tried to get a uh, Popeye's chicken sandwich yesterday. Hey, buddy. <laughs> Did you not get it? I did not. Yeah. What happened? Same same in the suburbs, actually. Uh, the the line, line was too long? The line was around the building. They were parked in every single spot, and then even in non-existent parking spots, they were just parking wherever to get the sandwich. This sandwich so is not worth standing in line for that long. I've, I've had it. You've had it. Is, is it worth standing in line for? For that uh, long? Well, it depends what that long is defined as. I would just go further as to say, don't die stupid, and this is about as dumb a way as you could possibly die. Uh, well, Joe, I, uh, Super Joe, I think you got, I mean, you are a guy that, you know, has a, a goal. You get it done. I think you got to get back yeah. out there today and get yourself a chicken sandwich. I well, that's th- why I let the people go when they brought it back on Sunday, and I was hoping all of that stuff would happen on Sunday, and then Monday I'd just easy in, easy out, but no dice, man, no I dice. I think he secretly likes being the victim of this chicken sandwich debacle because I've told him there's a Popeye's on Wabash. We can walk there right after work today. And I've offered this to him before, and he refuses but, to walk to, to the Wabash location. There's not a line there. But strategically, I would have thought the same thing he thought. You go to the Burbs, it's not going to be that big a deal. Right. Right, and I would have gone with what you thought as well. I would think after the big Sunday rush, it wouldn't be a big deal. People just want bragging rights, or they want to take selfies of them eating the cha- yeah. sandwich. It's, I think, it's all I'd like to know is. how many of those people who are in line for Popeye's chicken sandwiches yesterday are going to vote. <laughs> Probably very few of them. Right. And here's the yeah. other thing, too. Some of these stores ran out of chicken sandwiches yesterday. Well, that's going to happen again. And so wasn't the idea that they weren't going to run out yeah. of chicken sandwiches yeah. again, right? They should have live chickens in the back that they're killing <laughs> oh, and cooking. No. Yeah, if people knew where their meat actually came yep, from, that was a live them. animal, that would yeah, stop not them. Not so much um, chicken. You would not be able to kill your own chicken, Steve Cochran. No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Actually. You would. You would be. You would. I. I had. Uh, I had uh, close-up access to a chicken farm when I was a teenager. Oh my! I saw how chickens go to the uh, chicken place, and no, I couldn't do it. Right? Absolutely no. It's uh, seven eighteen. All right, keep those texts coming. Three one two nine eight one seventy two hundred. Explaining the unexplainable coming up, and uh, also Orion makes an early appearance on the show today. He'll be on about seven forty. And by the way, this is Election Day, Steve. Is there anything in Illinois that uh, people ought to be voting on in particular? Uh, I don't believe so. I mean, I'll have to double check on that. I think most of the big races that we'll be seeing today are in other states, like Kentucky uh, has a governor's race, and there's some other states in the south and southeast that have some races today, but nothing in Illinois that I'm aware of. Okay. Kentucky, Virginia has their state houses uh, are up, and um, I think it's Mississippi. Uh, that also has a uh, governor's race um, that needs to be uh, decided. And Kentucky's up for grabs, and the Virginia House uh, could go Democrat. So that's uh, a concern for Republicans. All right, so an attempt to explain the unexplainable quickly here. Uh, Senator Rand Paul, speaking of Kentucky last night, demanded that the media release the name of the whistleblower. Um, Senator Rand Paul knows that's an illegal act, and even if people in the media know that, they would be breaking the law if, in fact, they did that. He did that at a rally featuring President Trump. Here's what we know. These are facts. Uh, This week and last week, um, people have stepped up to verify the whistleblower's concerns. This doesn't mean that Donald Trump is going to be impeached. It doesn't mean that he committed high crimes and misdemeanors. What it does mean is the whistleblower, protected by the 1989 Whistleblower Act, as all are, 
uh, should not be forced to or compelled to testify and certainly should not have his name or her name outed. Kurt Volker, the U.S. Special Envoy to Ukraine, Gordon Sumlin, the Ambassador to the EU, and most strikingly, Lieutenant Colonel Alexander Vindman, a, a hero, a decorated hero, who has served this country, all said they had deep concerns about the president and what he said on those calls. That echoes what the whistleblower said. So, yes, the whistleblower wasn't in the room. The whistleblower filed the complaint with the inspector general. The inspector general went forward with information that has now all been verified by Kurt Volker, Gordon Sumlin, and Lieutenant Colonel Alexander Vindman, among others. And there's more still to come. The point being, you don't ever need to hear from the whistleblower. He's old news, or she's old news, because everything these other people have said is already out there in a matter of public record. So it is nothing more than talking points um, that are being laid out there. And uh, for the sake of protecting all future whistleblowers, regardless of their political affiliation, um, this does need to stop. Ryan Dempster and Adam Hogue are coming up here in a little bit. Looking forward to talking to those guys. Orion Samuelson, as I said, as well. And by the way, Hogue will be in studio this morning. To uh, talk about the, <sighs> sorry, I threw up a little bit in my mouth. Chicago Bears, <laughs> and uh, we I continue. Had a hairball, <laughs> a kind of same thing, and we'll continue with uh, the uh, adoption awareness uh, month a week that we're having here to highlight adoption and foster care. We'll do that after nine o'clock as well. It's seven twenty-five, and we're back with the headline shortly on seven twenty WGN. An early report on the must-have tech for the holiday season. Tech Tuesday on Bill and Wendy this morning at ten. Travel your way with the Apple Vacation Super Sale. With more destinations, more relaxation, and more fun, Apple Vacations puts affordable prices and unbeatable value right at your fingertips. It's all included. Flights, hotel, meals, drinks, and ground transportation in one convenient package price. With up to 60% off and instant savings up to $600 at participating resorts. Spanning the most prestigious destinations in Mexico, Velas Resorts offer personalized service for the ultimate family vacation or romantic getaway. Enjoy unlimited golf, distinctive culinary experiences, and special touches that will make your stay unforgettable. Call Cary Travel Express at 847-639-3300 or visit CaryTravelExpress.com to book your Apple vacation today. Savings valid at participating resorts on select dates from January through April 2020. Restrictions apply. Let's talk about LifeLock because I'm a big fan, as you know, if you listen to this show, jackpotting attacks. Criminals using malware or hardware to get an ATM to dispense cash in regions, including the U.S. and Latin America, has gone way, way up. This used to be a world problem, not an American problem. Oh, it's an American problem now. Here's a recent story. A cyber gang stole 45 million bucks from ATMs around the world in a coordinated effort to grab the cash from ATMs. Now it could be stealing from your account. How does LifeLock help in this case? LifeLock protects every one of your linked accounts to let you know if anything funky has happened. So you got to get on LifeLock. You got to go to LifeLock.com. You got to be a member like I am, like my family is. Jay, you're a LifeLock member. Yes, sir. So get in there. All identity theft, all criminal cybercrime creeps. Well, they can't all be stopped. But look, LifeLock's going to catch all the stuff you and I miss. They've protected me. They've done it for me. And even after my identity was stolen, they helped me, you know, uh, not have my head explode and uh, talk myself back down off the ledge. 
Uh, you're going to get an extra 10% off your first year if you use the promo code LifeLock, 1-800-LIFELOCK, lifelock.com. Use the promo code LifeLock, and you will get an extra 10% off. You want some more text before we get to the news? Yep. Bad text. Uh, 847-SEND-TEXT. One of my subcontractors, her name was Claudia. Thanks to fat fingers and autocorrect, <laughs> text went to chlamydia. <laughs> don't think that's a good name for your friend. No. Six Rio got a text thanking me for the previous night of good times. <laughs> Problem is, my wife picked up the phone. Oh. I would think that'd be my ex-wife at this point. Yeah. I don't know if that's the case or not. Two and nine years ago, a director in my husband's company meant to send an email with names and salaries to a payroll director. Instead, it was sent to IT personnel. When he was uh, when he discovered the error, he sent an email asking everyone not to open his previous email. <laughs> Can you imagine if you got an email saying what everybody you work with made. You oh. go, well, I'm not looking at that. Yeah, would you be able to? Would <laughs> Are you, you kidding? I, look I wonder, at all of it. I wonder if there's anybody listening that would be able to not look at that. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just uh, disregard. Yeah, yeah. Hey, you know that email I just sent with everybody's salaries on it? Yeah, don't read it. Don't look at it. <laughs> I bet you there's somebody listening that wouldn't be able, that would be willing and able to not look at it. Delete it and then go to your Maybe deleted Mr. Dave Emmett would delete it. If it, again. it was marked confidential, I would not look at it. Yeah, say See? it's a hack or something. Just he warn them. No, but what if they told you, hey, look, sorry, that has everyone's salaries on there. Don't look at it. You wouldn't even oh, I take wouldn't a say peek. that. <laughs> I would, not if it, it specifically said this is for. So, so if you realize it was confidential. Yeah. You wouldn't look at it. I wouldn't. No, Even I if really you knew the content was office Steve, salaries. I'm t- I'm, I, I know this sounds like I'm... I, no, I, honestly, I believe Dave. I would not... You know, I, I believe, believe Dave. Too. He I believe has too. morals. Dave is a... Is, he is the highest standard. It's really kind of amazing he and I are friends with his ethical standards. It's amazing he's put up with you for all these years. <laughs> the I mean, what does it really matter what other people make? Yeah, but the problem is it's really improvable. Once you get the email, people know you got the email. and so <laughs> Because you know you're say, so much better than them, and they're right. getting paid more than you. <laughs> no, I didn't read <laughs> Just it. Just kidding. Wink, wink. By the way, there is, you're 100% right, Dave. There's no good that comes from no. reading that email. <laughs> but would you There's be able to... There's no good that comes from it, but... Would you or would you not? Now, if you got you know mail sent to you, the sealed memo or a sealed envelope or something, that's a whole different story. Because then you got to steam it open, right? and then you got to figure out a way to close it. <laughs> I mean, that's a whole thing. Well, I got my own plane. The fuel's rather smelly. Runs of corn on the cob, sardines, a pork belly. I'm a legend on GM, both the radio and telly. I'm Orion Sandals. You got to give John DeCoz credit. I mean, a lot of guys couldn't work pork belly and smelly and smelly into the same song. Good morning, Big O. Well, good morning to you, my friend, and greetings from the desert where it's uh, 57 degrees this morning. So that's kind of cool for the desert in Arizona. We got to move this show out there. I think that would be an excellent idea because uh, tonight we're going to Tutti Santi, where the the picture of the morning show gang is still hanging in the lobby as you go into the restaurant and uh, a lot of other great places out here. So, Plus, it's uh, one of two states in the country smart enough to not go on daylight saving time. We didn't change our clocks at all last uh, Saturday uh, night, so... 
It uh, it does have some advantages, and weather is one of them. And you, uh, as you know, Dave, Orion and Gloria have this beautiful house with a studio big enough for all of us. Yes. Yeah, I'm sure they'd be glad to have us. Yeah. Well, as a matter of fact, I remember the night that the Final Four was playing, because uh, <laughs> all of you were out here for my birthday party, and you were all sitting on the bed in our master bedroom watching the TV screen we to were. Uh, watch the game. Now, I wasn't, because I respect you. And uh, any other creeps who are laying on your bed and stretched out across your bed, I'll get their names and get back to you. I'm sure I took a photo. But I was sitting in your office reading it in a res- or looking at the game in a respectful manner. Yeah, but the better TV was in the bedroom. I don't go lay on other people's beds. We weren't laying on it. We were just sitting there on it. There were people stretched out all over his well, bed. there were some, not me. All right, what's the market uh, look like today? Are we going to be up or down because it's been kind of a blah period here? Well, you know, it goes from day to day. We get some optimistic news about the U.S.-China trade situation today, and the market goes up. Then tomorrow we get some news that's not as positive as we got today, and the market goes down. I'm, I'm longing for the day that we can do a market report stock market as well as agriculture without having to talk about china mm-hmm. and uh, i don't know if that's ever going to happen because we have become so dependent on china for a lot of our agricultural exports that uh, no question it has had an impact on farm income for a lot of people well in china it's purchased so much of our debt it gets a little deep in the weeds here but purchased so much of our debt that right. we are you know, we're on the hook here, kids. This is not so easy to unravel. And while it may not specifically affect the trade negotiations, China can China can turn the vice on us pretty much whenever they want. I think they can because they do own so much of our debt. And if they decided to call it all in, yeah, we'd be uh, we'd be challenged. So, but on the other hand, the good news is we finally got some decent harvest weather. And we're slowly catching up with the average harvest uh, on this date. The report that came out yesterday, which is weekly, says that 52% of the corn crop now harvested as of Sunday night. But that's well below the five-year average of 75% by this date. And the big three, the three I states, Illinois, Indiana, and Iowa, that uh, are so involved in a lot of the production, still have some catching up to do. For example, Illinois, 58% of the corn crop harvested. Normally, we'd have 88% by this time. Indiana, 57% compared to an average of 77%. Iowa, 43% of the corn crop harvested, normally 72%. And Wisconsin, only 21% of the corn crop harvested. And normally, Wisconsin would have 51% harvested by this state. Soybeans are running a little ahead of corn in the harvest progress. 75% of the nation's soybean crop now harvested, and normally by this state we'd have 87%. So we have been catching up a little bit, and one of the charts that I watch on these weekly reports on the days suitable for field work And in Illinois last week, we had three days that were suitable for field work. Indiana, we had four and a half days. And in Iowa, we had five and a half days that were suitable for field work. And the other interesting number to me is topsoil moisture conditions. California, where we continue to watch the fires ravage the state, 
75% of California is very short on topsoil moisture, where when you look at Illinois, it uh, would be uh, just a very small number, 2% very short on topsoil moisture. So some interesting facts that come out in the weekly reports, and we're about a month away from ending the weekly reports, and then in January we get the annual report on how much corn, how much soybeans, how much wheat and other crops that Uh, we produced and were able to harvest so we have a lot of watching to do yet on weather and as i've said for years the goal of a lot of farmers is to have the combine parked in the machine shed by thanksgiving day and i think this year quite a few farmers are not going to make that deadline yeah and it's interesting i think for people that just like to eat corn and don't necessarily farm corn that it's hardy enough as a crop to go this deep into a cold stretch and still be salvageable well actually you want it to be uh mature and that's what it takes in the fall you need sunny days and warm temperatures to uh, bring the crop to maturity so it's safe from frost and it's not unusual in some states uh, for combines to be rolling through snow on the ground and you can still do that because the corn has reached maturity. Yeah, well, you know, I'm an immature guy, so I don't really understand maturity on any level, including in crops. <laughs> All right, so let me talk to you about hemp for a second, because Illinois hemp farmers have the same issue that hemp farmers around the country have, and that is a .03 limit on the chemical THC in hemp. Otherwise, it's considered an illegal crop. That's a pretty stringent requirement for farmers to, and also for regulators to figure out if it's going to be legal, isn't it? I think it is because uh, the Department of Agriculture last week issued uh, the rules on hemp production and marketing, and uh, I haven't had time to go through those rules yet because I'm not going to grow any hemp. But uh, hemp, of course, in World War II was a primary rope product. That's Mm -hmm. what we made rope from. And then we got into the other side of the hemp product, and uh, that's when things kind of started falling apart and now requires some very strong rules. I haven't had time to read them all because, as I said, I'm not going to be growing any, but I know a lot of people. One of the concerns I'm hearing from analysts and uh, market people is they're concerned that people are not understanding the risk of growing hemp from the standpoint of what it takes technically to do it and the uh, people who buy it, the rules that they have to follow. And uh, one economist, uh, agricultural economist, has said, I hope this is not another crop of big hope and big uh, sadness because it didn't come to fruition. California authorities destroy 10 million plants that they say had too much THC and were marijuana grown under the guise of being hemp. That field, oh, was worth $1 billion. Absolutely crazy. I can't under... Well, of course, I've I've never... uh, uh, lighted a, uh, a cigarette containing the product so but i can't imagine that it has that value but it does crazy 
crazy. Anyway, uh, just thinking about the farmers and all the work they still have to do, and you're better than I am because you're out there doing it. So we're thinking. Well, about I think on Thanksgiving Day, you know, so many prayers at the table and so many invocations and meetings that I go to always uh, have an opening prayer, and in that they always say, "Bless the hands of those who prepared the food," and I'm asking people to uh, alter that prayer just a little bit. Bless the people who prepared it, but bless the people who produced it yeah. because they do it. And and you can't believe, as my friend Paul Wallam emailed me this week because he said uh, his friends in northern Illinois who are farming are just frustrated because it rains uh, and then maybe a day or so of no rain and uh, and then they can't get in the field to harvest. But he said anybody who thinks the biggest gamblers in the world are in Las Vegas are badly mistaken. Biggest gamblers in the world are those people who are working and producing food on farms and ranches. So, man, I don't know about Dave or G, but I thank every one of them. You guys, uh, you're thankful for the people that make our food. Absolutely. Don't make it sound like we're not thankful. We're very. I'm thankful. just seeing if you're paying attention. Uh, all right, Big O. Uh, thank you as always. The legend Orion Samuelson just getting started. Just cleared probation here at the radio station. That's right. Now in his 59th year of broadcasting on WGN. And still having fun because of you people. You're unbelievable. You're unbelievable. Thank you, buddy. Okay. See you later. That's Big O. <clears throat> it's 748. A little early O. Normally we talk to O on a Tuesday in the 9 o'clock hour. Early O. Early like O. Oreo. Yeah. Oh, you texters. 312-981-7200. Bad texts. Texts I shouldn't have sent. Text mistakes. 312-981-7200. Get a few more of those uh, to you in a second. Ah, the bad texts continue to come in. You guys are so footy. 312-981-7200. And thank you for listening every day. 847. I sent my mom a text instead of my significant other. I said, sex or dinner? Mom said, I guess I'll take dinner. (laughs) (laughs) 773. Not a text, but I once left a inappropriate voicemail for my boss. I inexplicably dialed my boss by mistake and started to tell my mother how sweet she is and how much I loved her. See, if you're talking to mom and how sweet you are and how much you love her, but you don't really identify that it's mom and it's on the boss's email, it's a little awkward. That is a little Or not email, a voicemail, I should say. 708, Steve, my wife went out for an interview and had a friend or a standby to pose as a former boss, she had the whole sheet of things to tell her potential new employer. She accidentally sent the cheat sheet to the person she was interviewing with, and that person started to read the answers back to her during the interview. <laughs> My wife said she basically melted in her seat and just waited for it to be over. I'm assuming she didn't get the job. Well, that's not nice. I mean, all the effort that she put forward. To yeah, try and to if prepare. you know she's going to try to scam you, don't have the interview. <laughs> I mean, who's got that kind of time? 720, small town baby boomer co-worker butt dialed me in his car having a conversation with his wife. I just got off the phone with him, so he was talking about me to her. Since I was a female in my late 30s and single, he told me he wasn't sure I was interested in men. Then proceeded to break wind. <laughs> Jeez. I didn't know what to do. He retired shortly after that, so I never told him I had heard all that. I'm actually quite heterosexual, but we'd be proud to be gay if that were the case. What a traumatizing situation there, isn't oh it? Oh, my goodness. It means that in your day. So then she just had to pretend that she never heard it. Yeah. 
Oh, wow. 331, a co-worker's husband went into the bathroom to start texting another woman. Left his Apple Watch on the nightstand. His wife saw the whole thing. Oh, see, he deserves to be caught. Mm-hmm. All the people having affairs. <laughs> All of them? Well, I mean, <laughs> I guess there could be extended circumstances, but... <laughs> it's kind of a blanket <laughs> situation. Well, no. there. Or, I mean, or password protect your Apple Watch. One of the that is the problem because it goes to the cloud and then it goes to the computer and whatever devices the iPad. Every every uh, device gets the text messages. Yeah, that's why I've advocated forever. Have forty or fifty <laughs> burner phones just all over the place. <laughs> Uh, Was that too harsh on the guy having the affair? No! Okay. A15. My hubby was deacon chairman at our church and our pastor. Let me go live to our Catholic. Uh, Mary Vandevelt, uh, you're representing all the Catholics. What's a deacon chairman? Chairman of the deacons. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So he's the deacon boss? Yeah, because we have like four deacons at our And one of them is a chairman? I don't know if we have a chairman. Never even asked. The boss deacon. You're never going to get to the Vatican with your attitude. Let me tell you that right now. (laughs) He's the boss of the deacons. My husband was deacon chairman at our church, and our pastor sent him a text during the singing that said, Can you go S-word the entry doors? Meaning... Could you go shut Shut. the entry doors? Right. Didn't come out that way. And then there's this. My husband was leading training sessions in Japan. He travels internationally a lot. He'd been gone for almost two weeks. The day before he was flying home, I sent a long text telling him how much I missed him in his body and what I wanted to do to his body when he got home. (laughs) At that moment, he couldn't understand why the audience started giggling, then laughing, then shouting out Japanese cheers. Seems my text had popped up on his Mac, which he didn't realize was projected on the big screen behind him during the presentation. Oh. Yes, because on the Apple devices, the previews the text message. I have warned you, Apple people, it's nothing but trouble. <laughs> I mean, but... Everything's interconnected. I, it is. I, I will grant you that. From your naked yep. pictures to your naughty text, <laughs> everything. By the way, keep those coming. 312-981-7200. Uh, this is a very healthy, active audience we have here. Very, um, yes, lively. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a lot of very tech savvy. <laughs> yes, frisky. Three one two nine eight one seventy two hundred. Bad text, bad emails. You know that type of thing. Uh, the texts are quite amusing. I'm feeling really boring now. I'm not getting any of these text messages. Anything exciting? Any of G's friends who have her cell phone, <laughs> send her something interesting now. And uh, we're coming back with Dean. And uh, also in this uh, hour, Ryan Dempster and Adam Hogue will both be in talking about their experience as dads and something they'd like your help with. Uh, that's all coming up. Uh, standing by with the news is a man named Gersanich. That's coming up now. And that's more of the Steve Cochran Show. Again, more on entertainment. More on entertainment. D. Richard scheduled to appear. I say scheduled because he's back in L.A. He's not answering his phone. You know what we should do is give out the phone number where he's at <laughs> so people could just uh, bombard his hotel room. You're just going to give out a cell phone, right? Not probably get out the hotel room. <laughs> is it a text number so we could all send nasty texts? Uh, uh, off-color texts. Hello, moron, get up. It is 6 o'clock there. Right. So, but is he normally up at 4 in the morning? You know, I'm just impressed with all the traveling that he does for these movie junkies. Back and he's forth, always LA, New York, always LA, available. New York. He does not miss a day with you. I think he's very dedicated to moron entertainment. And, it's the only fun he has in life. And his fellow moron. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, that's right. We go back way too far.
to uh, you know have a trip to L.A. blow this. I didn't realize just how involved he was um, in your show and that he is not going to miss a day. No. No, because once you make the moron, uh, uh, you know, a secret handshake, mm-hmm. then you uh, know that uh, as a moron, you can't miss a single show. He's dedicated, a dedicated journalist. Live from Los Angeles, here's my fellow moron, Dean. Live from Los Angeles. <laughs> Are you sound very live. Are you live? <laughs> Where it's two hours earlier. Somebody just said it's 6, 10 in the morning there. I said, yeah, but he gets up at four every day. But then again, you have been going New York, L.A., New York, L.A., New York, L.A. I'm guessing the traveling's getting a little old. Well, and this time change, too, has completely thrown me off as well. Yeah, because right now in L.A., it's Sunday morning. It might be. Is this my show? (laughs) It's exactly right. Yeah, Swanee's in the newsroom. All right, so uh, let me help you out with something before we get started. Mary Vandeville has been watching Dancing with the Stars, so we don't have to. And, and uh, may I also my punishment. Uh, I saw on uh, social media Mary was actually doing some kind of dancing thing over the weekend as well. Am I right? Wow, I don't know about this. Yes, Dean. Had to bring it up. Were you dancing on Instagram? What were you doing? No, I was in a ballroom showcase dance thing. Yeah. Well, who, well, who posted it? My friend. We took pictures together, and she tagged me. So well, you're, 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 it went out there. You're a very good dancer. You should be happy about that. It wasn't a video, thank goodness. <laughs> it was just a couple but, of pictures. <laughs> but it was like full costume, full makeup, full like hair. Like she could have been on. She could have been on Dancing with the Stars. I, I, I'm like summing through the the posts on social media. And I'm like, wow, look at Mary. <laughs> yeah. Well, thanks, Dean. That was uh, my cha-cha outfit. That was the Latin no outfit. Way to put that. Mm-hmm. And by the yeah. way, that's not just the name of the dance. That was her cha-cha outfit. <laughs> I did. I did the cha-cha. <laughs> you know, Dean, I got you and I uh, uh, matching lime green shirts, just like the one that Sean Spicer wears on Dancing with the Stars. How many more weeks are we going to have to tolerate that, by the way? Do we know? It appears that the Republican uh, phonerati, you know the glitterati, this is the phonerati, they're working to vote so hard that he's not going anywhere. Wow. He may go the full distance. He may may, uh, run for president next year. He's so popular. Now, Mary, it's I'm, getting bad. Mary, I mean, I'm right about this. He can't dance, can no, he? No, he just like stands there, and the girls dance around him. And his other partner had, had to uh, leave; she had to go to a funeral, so uh, they had a fill-in. That you know, but Jenna just danced completely around him the whole time, and he just kind of moves and clods around. And they're down to six, and he's still in it. And I'm some like, people who are pretty good really? have been thrown off. Oh yeah, like um, Kate Flannery got. Like kicked off last night, and she is so cute, and she's done so well. That's and the woman from the office. Yes, I love her, and he is just, and he's surprising himself. He doesn't know why he's still there. I mean, they're all nobody does. And Tom Bergeron, I think, is beside himself. And Len Goodman, the the judge, mm-hmm. he's just like, ah, how many more weeks are we going to do? You know, he <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't care. No, it's 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 bad. I mean, if he wins, I'd say that show's gone. Because it, people are so upset, the way the voting is. Have there, have there been uh, performers on the show before that 
really were not very good dancers, yes. but were able to maintain like that for weeks and weeks. Yeah, I don't remember. Bobby Bones won last year. Oh, that's right. And he year. was not good. There's something going on with that dude in ABC. ABC, he's he's got pictures. He's got pictures of people at ABC or something. I'm laughing. Yeah, he because knows a lot of people. I'm laughing because I've heard Steve rant about him before. No, listen, I don't know the guy. Um, I think he's a hack DJ from Nashville. That suddenly Did is you call his, him a hack. Yeah, what is that? all of a sudden he's a mentor. He was a mentor on America and Idol. It's like, what is he mentor? I didn't get that at all. But in the radio world, very few people knew this guy. He had a syndicated weekend show, and suddenly he's the way this works. <clears throat> and Dean, I think will back me up on this. If you have someone who is a big deal at the networks or at HBO or whatever and they take a liking to you, they can make a lot of things happen, and you get to skip a lot of steps. Don't you get the feeling that's the Bobby Bones track? Somebody's, somebody's in, you know, uh, his rabbi here. Dean? Makes sense to me. Yeah, I know it makes sense to me, yeah. <laughs> I thought I lost you, it for you, a second. You have fully encapsulated my thinking of this. I had nothing else to add. Yeah, I mean, he's a nice guy. <laughs> that's that's all I got out of it. You know, the whole time on the show, he's a nice guy, but I didn't get where the talent lied, you know, was. So Keanu Reeves is out with a girlfriend, Dean. Alexandra Grant is her name. Apparently, she's an artist that he does some business with. Um, he's 55. She's 47. Did you tell me? She's 47, 48? Yes, yep. And uh, they're in love and stuff. We hadn't really heard of uh, Keanu Reeves being romantically linked with anyone. Mm-mm. Well, you know what she likes is that thing where he could jump sideways and float in the air. Well, I didn't know, like the Matrix. (laughs) I didn't know this until recently, just reading up on Keanu with uh, his recent uh, turn in uh, the Netflix movie, Always Be My Maybe with Ali Wong. I feel like he's had a resurgence, especially with John Wick, too. But he had a very tragic personal life. His uh, fiance and a woman that he was with for a very long time who was pregnant died in a car crash. And after that, he was kind of a recluse in terms of dating life. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. I didn't know I that did either. a deep dive. <laughs> I didn't either. He's a very nice guy. He's, uh, I, I think, a really good actor, number one. But uh, of the many celebrities, nobody is nicer, uh, more polite, uh, down to earth. And there have been a lot of stories lately of him just doing nice things for people. You know, it's like uh, do, doing charity things, helping uh, helping people with uh, you know projects when he really didn't have to. So I, I have nothing but nice things to say about the Keanu Reeves. Yeah, and I, I love her. I've never met him. He is, I forgot how sexy he was. He's really aged well. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, my goodness. You talking good. about Dean? Uh, Dean, too. Yeah. But Keanu okay. was who I was uh, okay. talking about. Okay, in that case. Uh, I can also uh, jump sideways and lean backwards, <laughs> a metric style like he does, by the way, if needed. I can also do that. Yeah, but people have to ask and ask nicely. Hey, is the Popeye's chicken sandwich a story in L.A.? Uh, I don't think so. I, I don't think anyone... Uh, uh, I, I haven't heard anyone talk about it. I guess is uh, has didn't come up in conversation at the uh, premiere that I was at last night. <laughs> like normally, normally at the premiere, you know, you walk the red carpet, uh, you go. We were at the uh, famous Chinese uh, theater, the Grauman's. It's not called Grauman's Chinese Theater anymore, but it, that's the place. Uh, magnificent theater. Uh, normally, the the director 
and the cast you know come up uh, before the movie starts and they have some little speeches uh nobody at any point uh said for for example christian bale didn't get up there and go i like to thank popeye's fried chicken <laughs> <laughs> for helping to make this movie. <laughs> well, I'm just curious because it's a big deal everywhere else in the country. And, you know, I think the celebrities need to admit they're eating it in their cars, whether they have drivers or not, because we know they are. Has, has anyone had uh, the, the Popeye's fried chicken sandwich or any of these fried chicken sandwiches? I don't know how. G's had it. I've had it. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's fine. I just would go with it's like fine. There's like a national obsession with fried chicken sandwiches right now that I don't completely understand. And there are lines, I mentioned this earlier, there are lines at all these Popeye's chicken places. Super Joe went to get one. He couldn't get one because the lines were too long. And I would love to know how many of the people in the lines for the chicken sandwich are going to vote next year in the election. (laughs) And and I'm telling you right now, if it gets you out to vote, I will absolutely bring chicken sandwiches to your polling place. Yeah, it's like a chicken in every pot. What a, you know, back to that old uh, political slogan from from years ago. All right, Dean, a certificate for a desktop pre-lit sports-themed artificial tree from Tree Time Christmas Creations in Lake Barrington, where you will be this Sunday live, live broadcast 9 to 1, and all attendees get a special 15% moron discount off everything they buy in uh, Tree Time that day. Right. And you don't even have to act like a moron when you go there. Nope. As a matter of fact, they'd prefer that you not. Uh, and uh, we'll go seventh caller at 312-981-7200. will be a big winner. All right. Put some pants on and go to work. We'll talk to you later. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, that's it. That's Dean Richards. Live. Yeah, mostly. Mostly. From Los Angeles. Poor guy. That was nice of him to call in. We got some texts coming up again. Worst text you ever sent or received? Oh, boy. We only got a couple minutes here, but let me get a few more of these texts in. This all started with the discussion of bad texts, texts you never should have sent, texts you did send, and then regretted sending, all of that. Um, That's not the page I'm looking for. Gee, what'd you do with my texts? Oh, did you need those? I used them to uh, wipe up the coffee that I spilled over here. So it all started this morning with, um, what's her name, Emma Bunton? Yes, Spice Girl. Yeah. Uh, Texter says, thought I was texting my girlfriend at the time. I texted, I love you, just saying. I sent it to my best friend since first grade instead. Her response, I love you too, always have, just waiting for you to realize it. Oh, no. Oh, that took a turn. I was like, well, that's not a big deal. Long story short, they've been married for over 20 years. Oh, I love that. Oh, that's the best. Isn't that a good story? Oh, congratulations. It's like my best friend's wedding, sort of. True love wins, <laughs> except they weren't together at the end of the best friend's I wedding. I know. That's what I was going to uh, say. That didn't turn out I did same. love Julia Roberts in that movie. Wasn't that, was, that a great mm-hmm. movie? Yeah. Isn't that, that's the Vanessa Williams song, right? Save the best for last? No, I don't huh? think so. Was it? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes the sun goes round the moon. Sometimes the snow falls down in June. Sing it for us. Just when I thought my chance had passed, you go and (laughs) save the best for last. Look at you. You're a romantic. Oh, Steve. Horse have been. Um, All right. Well, listen, we're short on time here. Well, we all owe an ah. Let's come back and get your headlines next on 720 WGN. 847, I'm a psychotherapist. I almost sent out a text that said my schedule was booked. However, booked was not the word my voice chose to text instead. I got to you got to be careful with the voice to text texting. I never used the F word on my phone before, but I did that day. And generally it's considered not professional in my business. 
My schedule is effed. Thank you, Doctor. All right, 837, Ryan Dempster joins us in studio from the PPG Paints Green Room. Looking spiffy, dude. What are you doing today when you're done with me? Because you didn't dress like this for me. Uh, I did, all for you. I just uh, decided to take a shower and everything. You look fabulous. (laughs) Thanks. Um, Of course, you can uh, see the stream at WGNRadio.com, and CLTV will join us at 9. Adam Hogue is standing by as well, and we'll talk a little bears after 9 o'clock. Good morning, Mr. Hogue. Hey, good morning, guys. Um, and uh, you and Mr. Dempster um, share a common thing as dads and a common event coming up that you both wanted to plug. So let me start with you, Demps. Yeah, it's a, it's a great night. Um, Adam and I both um, share this same connection. We have a child with 22Q syndrome. Um, and we have both spent time at, in the NICU at the at the hospital, at Children's Hospital, and that's part of this great event that's going on on November 14th, next Thursday, at the St. Jane Hotel. The Jackson Chance Foundation is having the ping pong ball, and we're going to uh, raise some money for a great cause. And where that money goes to um, is parking. And people say, parking, well, what do you mean? Well, it's expensive. When you're a parent and you have a child in the NICU or you're... It's a big deal. It's a big, big deal. It can be very, very expensive. And a lot of times what happens is, is oh, I don't... You know, the reality is some people can afford it, but I want to go back in after lunch. But that's another cha-ching and another cha-ching. And now when you have a child there, the Jackson Chance Foundation provides these parking passes for parents that they can be there to to be around their sick child um, as they continue to get better and and give them a hug, give them a kiss, because we all know how important that is. And to give you a a, a kind of to be able to wrap your head around this, I mean, NICU fees, if you have a kid in NICU that you're going to see for a month, could cost you a thousand bucks. Yeah, in parking fees. A lot, a lot, a lot of money. Even and that's you know even getting validated. Great, yeah. but um, you know the reality is is that's just what it costs to park in the city. And so the foundation does incredible things um, to be able to to give give that back to the parents so that they don't have to worry about that. And th- and this ping pong ball is a, a ton of fun, a great event for anybody who likes ping pong, cool, beer pong. Um, whatever I might turn that beer night pong. into. I'm so, so ping pong player, but I'm a mean beer pong player. So if I lose to you in ping pong, I might have to challenge you at beer pong. But you're a fun guy, and but you're also very competitive. So if you get down, say, 10-7, game goes to 11, or 18-15, you get vicious? I get, uh, the, you see a switch goes off. <laughs> I like to beat my mom at a game of cards. So <laughs> there you go. Well, that kind of yeah. explains it. Uh, Adam Hogue, explain what 22Q is. Yeah, well, that's sort of a, just a coincidence that uh, that Ryan and I both uh, had that going on in our families too. Um, this with the uh, with the ping pong ball is you know covers any reason that you could be in the NICU. But uh, when it comes to twenty two Q, it's the easiest way to explain it is um, you know people are very familiar with Down syndrome where you have the extra chromosome and twenty two Q is kind of the opposite where you have a deletion of your 22nd chromosome uh and that deletion can be small it can be big but what it means is in some ways you're you're basically missing genes and what that it basically means that it can manifest in any spectrum of ways uh in a child um in you know whether it's just learning difficulties or uh, actual physical problems that need to be corrected via surgery and in our case our son James needed to have heart surgery to uh, kind of repair the plumbing with his heart a few years ago and and so um, you know it's one of those things that not a lot of people know about it but 
if they did, it could explain some uh, problems that their kids might having it might be having when they're young. And if you get diagnosed, it can really go a long way to to fix some of those things because a lot of times with twenty two Q, these things can be correctable. So, Ryan uh, Dempster, does the specific problem that is there or could be there does it show up young or could it? child grow up and then you go well here's the issue we're going to have yeah well that's the one thing about it it, it may kind of manifests differently in each child and and that's what's the hard thing about it um you might have something as simple as a minor heart abnormality that you don't need surgery for yet um later on in life they have maybe some sort of developmental delays or some behavioral problems um a lot of kids with 22q and for whatever reason um we don't know what it is but they all struggle with math almost like math dyslexia it's it's a like a huge percentage of them um and then what happens so now you're struggling in math you're in class and now you have behavioral issues and you don't know how to manage those behavioral issues because of the deletion so i think that's the one thing and adam was talking about it if you don't know something's going on, there's heart abnormalities, feeding and swallowing issues, speech problems, um, developmental delays. Just ask. Get tested. Go to a doctor and say, hey, what about 22Q? I heard about this syndrome. It's a partial deletion. At worst, they might rule it, or at best, they rule it out, and, and maybe, maybe like he said, they get tested. And early intervention has been so key. I know for our, our daughter, she found out we found out at four days old that she had it, and it meant the world um, sure. to know that. You know, she was in the NICU here in, in Chicago for, for three months and, and really just, um, you know, had the huge benefit of knowing that diagnosis and where she's at today is a big reason why. Yeah, and, and both of you address that. How are the kids doing? Good, very. Riley's doing incredibly well going to um, uh, Chicago Public School and and thriving and um, you know doing gymnastics and um, definitely um, acting like her brother and sister, which is a really really and maximizing her life. Which if you don't get that diagnosis and do what you did, maybe that's a problem. A hundred percent, Adam Oak. Yeah, I mean, a similar story. James is in kindergarten now. Uh, you know, he had soccer practice last night. He's he's happy, um, and and I speak to the same thing uh we unrelated he was born two months early that had nothing to do with the 22q but the fact he was in the NICU and surrounded by doctors every single day uh the the silver lining was that they were able to figure this out when he was about a month old and that early intervention has been crucial for him it sounds like because it can manifest itself in so many different symptom, symptoms, it's difficult to diagnose and i imagine that there's not a ton yeah. of research on it as well yeah, and that's exactly right. I think, you know, that more and more as this has gone on, you know, I look at when Riley first came here, when she came and transported from Arizona up to Chicago, and she was in the hospital here, they were calling Philadelphia, Children's Hospital of Philadelphia, um, to get information about 22Q. Is that right? Well, now Lori's Children's Hospital has a 22Q clinic. They have doctors that are aware of everything. Pediatricians, it's in the pediatrician's handbook. These are things that have changed in a short period of time, and they're going to continue to change more and more with people driving awareness like Adam does, like myself, like the foundation does. Sure. And, and that's just a really great thing. And early intervention as a parent, no matter what it is, if it's 22Q or it's a different syndrome or a different issue, early intervention is so key to the thriving of that child. Um, and uh, the Ryan Dempster is the co-chair for the 7th Annual Ping Pong Ball. The event takes place next Thursday. It's the 14th at the St. Jane. Raises money for the Jackson Chance Foundation. Again, it's complimentary parking for all babies in the NICU at Lurie and Prentice. And if you uh, just turned your radio on, um, just know that if you're talking about an additional expense of up to 1000 bucks a month in parking, or you're going through the stress and strain and the money involved with 
helping uh, your child, that's a big deal. So it's a cool thing to put the money towards. Yeah, no, it really is a big deal because these are things that aren't, you know, you can have insurance, health insurance, medical insurance. There's no parking insurance. There's no parking insurance. And in the city of Chicago, it's just the way it is. Parking is expensive. And um, they don't sit there and and say, oh, well, you know, I understand that your child's sick, so we're going to give you this one off. No, it takes people like the Jackson Chance Foundation doing what they're doing to to go out there and help these families. You want to talk baseball when we come back? We can. I just... You got one more on this? Yeah, Yeah, just real quick. Both of you guys, uh, do we know how common it is? Are, are we talking about the 22Q? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. so, I mean, I believe the studies, Ryan, right, the second common uh, to Down syndrome, I believe. But the, but the issue is that so many people, and I'm, I'm sure Ryan has this happen all the time, too, when we bring this up, uh, so many people are like, well, I've never heard of that. And and that's that's kind of the challenge right now. And I, I met a family at Bears training camp this year, uh, and their daughter was 26 years old now. And she didn't get the diagnosis until I think they said when she was 12. And basically, from the time she was born until she was 12, she had all these complications. And they had no idea why, but that was partly because 22Q was so new and they didn't really know, um, they didn't know how to diagnose it. And then once they did, it went a long way to, to helping her live, uh, you know, as as good of a life as she possibly could yeah and i, and I you know, listen I, I salute both of you but Demps, i've told you this before until you started talking about riley nobody knew what that was i mean you've done a really great yeah. job you and your family have done a great job of bringing this out to the public thank you no it's a uh, you know it was a tough thing to do but at the end of the day um you know i i always tell that to riley i said you've accomplished more in your life than, than i'll ever will just just for the the amount of lives that you've truly impacted and the the families that she's made a difference in her story's made a difference in adam's story's made a difference in, and it really really uh, is huge to to let the awareness out there because when people know about it they ask about it when they ask about it they can get answers and not only is she better than you, she probably has a slider when she gets older that could compete with yours. That's your 100%. Yeah, yeah. From the left side, though. Uh, JacksonChance.org. Baseball. A little baseball talk from both of you when we come back. Stand by Adam Hogan. More to come. The original American underwear brand since 1876. Right. Oh, sorry. I didn't want to interrupt the underpants commercial. Uh, Demps, so boxers or briefs? Uh, boxer briefs. Boxer briefs, yeah. <laughs> I'm a hybrid guy. I, I'm with you. Adam Hogan? Boxers. Okay. Straight boxers. You know, I'm with Kramer. Remember Kramer from Seinfeld? The boys need a house. Boys need a garage. That's all I'm saying. Uh, all right, let's talk a little baseball. Dave. Well, uh, I guess the big story so far this off season has been the hiring of uh, David Ross as the new manager. You guys know each other well. What do you think? Yeah, I think that it's a great hire. Um, and the reason I say David Ross was always groomed to be a manager, um, when I played with him in 2013 in Boston, people talked about him like that. Uh, continued when he was here, and then all of a sudden he went on Dancing with the Stars and became like famous. And and people are like, that guy? We're going to hire that guy, the Dancing with the Stars guy. But the reality is, is that he had a you know a really long major league career as a catcher, and those are always the people that are probably the most qualified because they're in on every pitch of every game. And I don't think that there's any more qualified guy about how to run a game and how to process being a manager. So, And then you can be his pitching coach, right? Yeah, no, no thanks. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to take orders from him. Adam Hogue, you're around the White Sox all the time. Do the White Sox get Garrett Cole, or who do they get uh, when they start spending money? I mean, I don't know who it's going to be, but I think when you see the run that they made last year, um, especially at Manny Machado, uh, and flirted with Bryce Harper. I think that that was an indication that they were, they certainly have the money to do it. 
and after not getting those guys last year and realizing that I, you know, they're on the cusp of breaking out uh, in this rebuild. I, I think it's going to be they're, they're going to spend money on somebody. I think Gary Cole would be a great fit. Um, so uh, the other side of town for you, the White Sox. Uh, I, I'm not sure this is the breakthrough year coming up, but it feels like it could be. A lot of things can happen in baseball pretty quickly. I could see this year being uh, their version of the Cubs 2015. The 500-plus yeah. year where you see the growth? Yeah, even more than 500-plus. Yeah. I think that if they went out and signed a frontline starting pitcher and added another pitcher, now you add depth to your rotation. Um, they have the lineup to be able to do it. To me, Yohan Makata is a possible MVP-type caliber player. Just got to keep him out on the field and healthy. Um, you bring Abreu back. He obviously wants to be here, and he deserves to to, to be here. But um, they, they got tremendous young talent position player-wise that can score a ton of runs. They just need pitching to keep it off the board, and in that division, they can they can run with those guys in that division and have a chance there. And it, and it seems like now, Ryan, that you see teams make that quantum leap. I and mean, look at the Twins this year. I mean, they were they were two Worst years the first. Well, they they lost a hundred games what yeah. three or four years ago, and this year they were unbelievable. Set a major league record for home runs. I mean, got knocked out early, but but still, I mean, they had a great year. Yeah, absolutely, and in that and that's the thing; it can change quickly in this league. Um, the parity is is you know. You got these really, really good teams, and you got teams that are maybe taking a different rebuild direction. But those teams in the middle can surprise you out of nowhere, like the Twins did. And, um, you know, they did it in an approach of we're going to go out and sign guys to two, three year deals, maybe um, pitchers to one year deals. Um, I think both can work. I think, uh, you know, you can be able to shore up your rotation. But I think that the Sox really can compete next year and have a chance not only to win their division, but, you know, surprise some people in a big way. Adam Hogue, how about a Cubs Sox World Series sooner than later? Yeah, I mean, I, I look for a while like that could happen. I guess, you know, the, the thing about the Cubs is they're, they're still going to be in the hunt. Um, they obviously, I, I think, you know, there's been so much talk about David Ross. Obviously, you change managers. There should be. But they got to retool some things on that roster, too, um, to get back to the, not just playoff level, but realistically having a chance to win a World Series. But, hey, it'd be nice uh, considering some of the other struggles the city is having with their sports team right now to have both baseball teams be good in the same season. Yeah, and that'll be coming up uh, with uh, the uh, discussion of football right after the hour. Do you have funeral music for the Bears segment? Oh, come on. Yeah, I can get some. <laughs> okay. Uh, Dan, it's great to see you. Let's remind everybody again about the, uh, the the ping pong ball. Seventh annual, right? Seventh annual ping pong ball. Thursday, Thursday. Thursday, the 14th of October, sorry, November, um, at the St. Jane Hotel. And, uh, yeah, it's a great night for a great cause, so please uh, join us, the Jackson Chance Foundation. Dot com, dot org. JacksonChance.org. Dot mm-hmm. org, sorry. Do you have that. a table at home and you practice? I do. I have a table uh, in the garage right now. Um, and you I, fold up the half so you I can I fold play. up the half, yeah. yeah. Wow. And, and I can compete against myself. You can kick your mom's butt. Yeah. yeah good for you, man. <laughs> nice to see you, dude. Good to see you guys. Always. Always welcome Thanks. here. Adam Hogue, I'll talk to you in a few minutes. Sounds good. Adam Hogue coming up on the Bears. Let's do this break. We'll come back from the Northwestern Medicine Newsroom next. It's no consolation prize, but the guys fought till the end. And so being down like we were, uh, 19 to nothing, they never gave back. And I, I appreciate about that. I, I appreciate that part, but um, it doesn't mean anything really to, to for the win-loss. This is the end. Beautiful friend. 
This is the end. This is the Bears' new fight song. My only friend, the end. Come on, everybody, sing. Adam Hoax here. This is the Bears' fight song. You aware of that? It does feel like the end. <laughs> uh, the Bears have to win seven out of eight to have a shot at the playoffs. Yes or no? Yeah. That would that would get them to ten and six. Ten and six, and with the stacked NFC, I don't know that that's enough. Yeah, because eleven seems to be the number. Yeah, and then you got tie breaking and all that. You need a you need some help if you only go seven and one. All right, so if there are discussions at Lake Forest, I put this to you and Dave that this season's over. What do we do to figure out how we get better without the fans coming to the facility with clubs that are on fire and burning us to the ground? Um, what do you do? What do you do with the rest of the season? Well, I still think it has to do with the quarterback. Um, now, we can all sit here and make conclusions that he's not going to be a superstar. I think that's pretty obvious at this point. But the Bears still need to start thinking about 2020 and what to do with that quarterback room. So, you know, I understand everyone's calling for Chase Daniel to play. and that, that well, it's because he's the other guy. I know. It It, it could be. It could insert any right. backup quarterback. It could be Y.A. Tittle. I, I don't see how that helps you because you still need to evaluate Mitch as much as you can. Get as much tape on him as you can to help shape your plan for the offseason, which will probably be bringing a veteran to compete with him. And when I say veteran, I don't mean like an old veteran. I mean like Marcus Mariota or something. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then probably draft somebody. But you don't have many draft picks. That's a problem, too. Well, and on top of that, if they go 6-10, and 10, which is a very real possibility, or even 7-9, and nine, you're not going to have a high draft pick. You're going to have something in the middle. Well, the Raiders probably. get the pick no matter yeah. what. It's, the Raiders have the first round pick? Yeah, because of the Cleo Mack deal. Mac deal. So. Okay, so let's say second, third, or fourth round. I, you know, Unless there's a Joe Montana in there that we didn't know about, yeah. it's an issue. Well, it does help you at least to get in. It, the more you lose, the earlier your pick in the second round will be. And they get the Raiders' second round pick. So okay. right now, the Bears have two second round picks. Maybe you can package those to move up. But I, I don't know. It's It's... Moving up to get a quarterback on the fringe of the first or second round doesn't really sound like a solution either. Well, Where did that guy from the Patriots get drafted? You know that struggling quarterback that's six? Was it right. six rounds? Wasn't it six? Yeah. Which, you know, that doesn't happen really ever if you think about it, but. Um, 199th overall pick. R- Ryan Pace did say a few years ago that ideally you draft a quarterback every year. He's drafted one in five years. So. Um, maybe if he had followed that plan, there would be other options. Or you stumble upon somebody in the third or fourth round that can actually play. Uh, There's got to be some sort of scientific historical look back at the Bears' problems with quarterbacks. We talked about this yesterday. Between Sid Luckman and Jim McMahon is such a desert of quarterback waste. And between Jim McMahon and today, it ain't a whole lot better. I was talking to Jared Payton about this after the game in Philadelphia the other day. It doesn't it feel like this this franchise is just on an endless loop? Well, there, uh, it was like you know what it was like third baseman with the Cubs for exactly. a long time between yeah. Sano and that's and, a great you know, analogy. Maybe there there'd be a guy in there once in a while, but it's a great you know, Ramos Ramirez. But basically between Sano and Chris Bryant, yeah. it was a, it was a dark hole. But it's like you have a competitive decade with a great defense. Still don't really have a quarterback. 
then you know eventually the defense falls off, so you just have an awful decade. Then you have another good decade, same thing, great defense, don't have a quarterback, eventually the defense falls off, you got to reset the whole thing, build the defense back up, once again you don't have a good quarterback. I mean, it's been going on for 30 it's, years. It's the cycle, you talked about the yeah. treadmill. Do you, this for either one of you guys. Um, do the Bears, as an organization, owe an explanation to the fans? Because this is such a season of disappointment. Does there need to be something said other than we'll get them next week? Yeah, I think those kinds of statements usually come at the end. And, you know, they rare, rarely do you, because the mentality in professional sports is you don't wave the white flag at this point. Now, occasionally, like in baseball, at the trade deadline, you'll see a team acknowledge it ain't happening and they'll they'll sell off their assets but you don't see you generally don't see it until it's over with and then there's a you know that's the time of reckoning but don't you think that's one of the reasons that Ditka's a legend that Quenville's a legend because they weren't good at hiding their emotions and i think this town responds to that kind of emotion and that's one of the reasons that hampton and ob and you know cuz are as popular as they are because they hurt as much as fans hurt at a time like that and this town is schooled on that type of coach. I don't think Nagy would do himself a disservice if he'd you know, get a little upset. Yeah, I, I, I guess I'm a little surprised that he hasn't flipped that switch a little bit in the way he talks to the media. I admire how positive he stays. I do think that is helping this team. Because one thing I have noticed in that locker room, and I don't really imagine it changing this week, is that they do seem to be sticking together. It's not like the Mark Tressman years where you... I mean, guys were telling you off the record all the time that they didn't believe in anything that was happening and you knew it was going to come crumbling down. You know, and the reality is they've all but one game they've been in. They've had a chance to win four out of the five games that they've ended up losing. Now, that doesn't make you feel better, but it does point to the idea that, you know, this team probably isn't a three and five team. I mean, you are what your record says, but it would not shock me if the second half, like they go five and three or even six and two. And, you know, that's just going to tease you for next year, but at least they can get you on the right path to next year. Five and three with the uh, hype in the beginning of the year would have been a disappointment. Yeah. We take it now, I but know, it would yeah. have been a disappointment. Well, I think the Cowboys are disappointed to be five and three sure. at the halfway mark. Yeah. But here's what really needs to happen, and I don't know that you're going to save the quarterback, but let's talk about guys like Roquan Smith, who Hold matters. that thought, and we will. Sure, okay. We'll come back, and we'll yeah. talk about guys like Roquan Smith, and Roquan, for that matter. We'll talk about them all. Uh, Roquan not currently playing for the Bears, but we can talk about him, too. That's my point. Dave. About potentially playing for the Bears? No, just about him in oh, general. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, nine seventeen. We take this break and uh, say thank you and hi to everybody at CLTV. Adam Hook does a great job, Dave. I think you'd agree. You're his boss of uh, covering the Chicago Bears and covering the National Adam's his own boss. And there's a live taping of Hogan Johns from uh, Crolls in the South Loop coming up this Thursday. What time are you doing now? Seven o'clock Thursday night. And and by the way, you know the Crolls slogan: "Try the tots." The tater tots. Is that right? All the tater tots there. Yeah. 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 They were tater tots before tater tots were cool. Yeah. When were tater tots cool? Like, when did they become cool? Oh. Didn't you go to elementary school? (laughs) (laughs) Haven't the tots always been in since Napoleon Dynamite? Yeah. I think since Napoleon. (laughs) Since they were in our freezers when we were five years old. Carl's at 1736 South Michigan Avenue. What is that? Uh, Michigan in 17th? 17th? Yep. South Loop. Uh, Michigan and 18th, I'm being told by people who pay more attention than you. Yeah, I used to live over there. 
Okay. 18th of Michigan, baby. And uh, you can enjoy $4 uh, Goose Island beer products, and it's going to be good. Be you guys on stage, and uh, everybody's welcome. Yeah. And we thank Goose Island for having us out there, and uh, we have some tickets, too. I don't know if people still want tickets to these games, but uh, the <laughs> <Take us> away? <laughs> they're free, so <laughs> they are well, free, and free not? football tickets are good football tickets why not um all right the seats are in the end zone so you'll see a ton of scores from one of the teams whoever's in town to play the bears uh so uh, dave where the bears going this weekend Uh, the bears are going to soldier field to take on the detroit lions Mm -hmm. they will play again on thanksgiving day in detroit Mm -hmm. so this is the last nfc north team they have not yet faced and uh they got a chance twice against them. This looked like a win when we do that thing in the summertime where we go, let's figure out the wins and losses, WL, WL. I have no idea now. I mean, I have no idea, and I'm around the team every day. I actually thought they were going to beat the Eagles this week. And and honestly, when you see them put up nine yards in the first half and then still almost win the game, it sure felt like they could have beat the Eagles. And again, that's 27 feet. So let's try yeah. to stay positive here. Do, do you think there's a little uh, a sense? I know fans are not only upset and angry, but they're kind of shocked by the way the first half of the season went. Do you think that the people at Hallis Hall, and you're up there every day, are are also sort of stunned by what's taken place here? Did, I mean, I know football coaches, the mentality, they're paranoid by nature. They're always, it's worst case scenario, but do you think anybody really thought that this team could fall this flat? No, and I think it's almost more of a sense of confusion, I feel, both amongst us trying to figure out, like, why is this offense, how could it possibly be this bad, Um, but also within that building, because, you know, they put this trio of Ryan Pace, Matt Nagy, and Mitch Trubisky together, and it's just not working. I think they still believe in Matt Nagy, the head coach, though. And that's why, you know, there aren't going to be major changes at the end of this year. Uh, It's just not going to happen. And I still think they believe that Nagy can be a good NFL head coach. But I think everyone's confused at Matt Nagy, the offensive mind, and why his system is not working right now. Well, I think that's the confusion in general, right? Because is Matt Nagy last year's Matt Nagy, or is he this year's Matt Nagy? Because if you go with the tired sports cliche of it's how a team responds to adversity, they haven't responded very well this year. Yeah. So what's the, who, who's the coach? Who's Matt Nagy? Is it last year or this year? Well, I think he's clearly lost his edge a little bit. I mean... Um, his swagger, you know, the swaggy naggy thing. It's yeah. it's gone. But it's also hard to have that when your players aren't executing. I'll go back to this game. I mean, you we can blame the coach all you want. Sure, some of these mistakes are coach they come back to coaching. But when you have uh, you know, a drop on first down, a sack on first down, a holding penalty on first down, a false start on first down, that's how your first five drives start. Yeah, don't be stupid. You're a professional. Don't be stupid. You, you know, the, the players have to do their job too. I agree, 100%. Dave, final thoughts for our friend Adam Hogue. All right, best-case scenario for the Bears for the second half of the season. Did the Packers go out of business? No. No, hey, the Packers are human. They lost the game on Sunday. The Packers and the Vikings get moved to the AFC. You know what? Their offense didn't look very good either on Sunday against the Chargers. It's like they took the week off in California. Um, Here's the best-case scenario. I'm not going to do it in terms of wins and losses. No. Mitch gets better. Anthony Miller, wide receiver, emerges and does anything. 
Um, Roquan Smith gets back to the the linebacker we thought he was going to be, you know, a potential superstar. He just hasn't been that. You know, it, to me, it's more about individual development at this point. There's been so James Daniels, the center. I don't think he's having a good year, and I thought he would have a good year. So if it's only halfway through the season, if those group of young players can flip their seasons around and play better the rest of the way, that'll bode well at least for next year. It's Adam Hogue. Ooh, Dave, I know you don't agree with this, but I think he does a terrific job. No, I do. He oh, wait, that's right. You do agree. He does a G. G doesn't agree. I okay. think he's superb. Oh. If, yeah. And, and by the way, ask Adam, how many touchdowns has he actually witnessed in person this year between it's a rough Northwestern ball. and the Bears? <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to lie. This past weekend was yeah. rough. <laughs> it was rough. rough and early yeah. wake-up calls and flights and no touchdowns. I'm like, all right. Yeah. I just so you know, this job, it's fun, but Adam went Not to, complaining. Let me be careful. Adam went to Indianapolis, saw in, a, in a pickup hor- truck, saw her horrific <laughs> game, and then hustled to Philadelphia and saw some more carnage. It's a long weekend. Yeah. Nine yards in the first half. 27 feet. <laughs> 27 feet. <laughs> so, all right. Thanks, buddy. Thanks, guys. 927. We come back in a moment on 720 WG. Adoption Awareness Month. Our friends from Let It Be Us. We continue with that in about 10 minutes or so. And some nice response from folks yesterday. I got a great list sent to me this week. The world runs on lists, and the list was the top 50 one-hit wonders of all time. So later this week, maybe as soon as tomorrow, We'll ask you about your favorite one-hit wonders, and I played them all on the radio. Dexie's Midnight Runners. Come on, Eileen! Come on, Eileen. That's a jam. <laughs> For now and forever, baby. My Sharona the Knack. That was a little before my time, but I played it as an oldie. Less of a jam. So, Baby Got Backs or Mix-A-Lot. You know all the words, bud? I do, but he wrote a song about me called Baby Got Nothing Back There. I don't know what's happening. Guy needs implants. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, a couple of texters, 630, Steve, I just passed two Oasis on 94 West. No lines at the Popeyes. Better let Super Joe leave early. Later. There are two things could be happening there. Either nobody wants to go there or they're out of chicken sandwiches. That's oh, I didn't I'm think about that. Super Joe needs to go to the location on Wabash. <laughs> I'm trying to show the suburb Popeyes some love. You know what I'm saying? Do you have a financial interest in this <laughs> location? The angriest she has ever sounded. <laughs> right? Did I search because the- I've suggested it multiple. I said I would walk with him. <laughs> what time do they start serving those chicken sandwiches? Uh, 10, 10, 11? I don't even know. Yeah. Really? 10, 11 o'clock? Well, no wonder 10, there was no line if they weren't serving them. Yeah, they might not even be open. <laughs> that's, well, that's a fair <laughs> point. I thought about that, yeah. 847, this isn't a text, Steve, but I run sound at my church. Our pastor forgot to turn his wireless mic off, went to the men's room, heard a little splashing through the speakers, and dove on the board <laughs> to shut the system down. Gross. A little bit embarrassed. Bad text. We'll get a few more in before 10. 930. It's a news time right now. All right, we are back at 939. By the way, today is election day. And uh, G and Dave, just so you know, you should look at your sample ballot just to see what's out there. And just because it's an off-off year doesn't mean you shouldn't go vote. For instance, let's just take, for example, the people of uh, Naperville. Okay. There's an alderman at large for the city of Aurora, an alderman in Ward 8. There's a park commissioner. Um, There is a a school district um, uh, referendum, I guess is the way you would say it. Uh, School board member. 
a college trustee. These are all the things that may not be front and center to you, but they're important stuff as well. So I'm just saying, look, I'm not telling you. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to go vote next year. But I'm telling you right now, it wouldn't kill you to go vote today. Okay. Okay? Mm-hmm. So go check it out. All right. Uh, yesterday, you heard Ross Cochran on this show. Let me bring in the uh, founder of, uh, should I call you founder or co-founder? Because I know you like to spread the love around. I'm actually the founder, but we go. have an awesome board, and I call them our founding board. So you can call me a co-founder. All right. I'm going to call you the founder. Susan McConnell's here. And Let It Be Us is a great organization. Ross was in here yesterday talking about it. We'll give you Ross's uh, email as well if you'd like to help, because there's plenty of ways to contribute. And a nice big white button that says for WGN right on the homepage at LetItBeUs.org. But let's start again with an explanation of what Let It Be Us is, please. Let It Be Us is a nonprofit that has wild ambitions and goals on securing permanency through foster care and adoption for our children who are patiently waiting. You know a little something about foster care and adoption. I'm, I'm obsessed with foster care and adoption. I'm an expert. I'm an adoptive mother three times over, which is a very hard thing to do. Right. And uh, what made you decide that you wanted to go down that road a long time ago? My husband and I couldn't have any more children, so it was a great way to finish your family, a great way to fill your house with kids. Yeah, and then you got addicted and you wouldn't stop. Yeah, yeah. He <laughs> says, please stop. Uh, a couple of facts you need to know. Over 340,000 visitors uh, projected to go to LetItBeUs.org. You can make that number even bigger, 9,000 followers on social media. That's important stuff. Talk about what the coaching program. What is that that you guys do? So our coaching program is new. We have an anonymous donor and thank you by the way he's listening um, we have coaches who are experienced in foster care and adoption and uh, and we've aggregated a list of over 500 people that were in the process of coaching 28 people just since June 1st have received a foster care license and 40 people are in the process now in the world of licensing and we are not a licensing agency we partner with other agencies but in the world of licensing parents those numbers are really big they are really big and yesterday after ross was here some texts that i think you'll be pleased to hear let me give you a couple of these from the 520 such an incredibly important issue foster care and adoption across the county and the country not just in illinois thanks keep up the good work 773 I was a foster parent and an adoptive mom. It is so worth it. 815. Pride training for foster care is great. 847. Uh, question. Do you have to become enmeshed with the child's entire birth family? You can. You can have an open relationship. We have that, and it's a wonderful way, way to raise your children so they know where they came from and who loves them. Six real. You ought to be awfully proud of Ross. Well, I am. Um, so the thing that people uh, bring up all the time is uh, it's a big commitment, and I'm not sure I'm ready to do it. What do you say to people who aren't sure? Well, it's a path to parenthood if you want to adopt. It's a separate, different path to parenthood if you want to foster. Uh, These are just kids. And and a lot of people are thinking about being foster parents and being adoptive parents, and they should check us out and, and see if this is right for them. And that's why we started this coaching program, so that they can have some one on one help from an expert for free to determine if this is for them or not. And in fact, on Thursday, you have one of our coaches coming, Michelle Prickett, and she's yep. going to do a mini coaching session on your radio show. And the informational sessions that you guys have are great for families to come out, anybody to come out and to say, I got this question, I got that question. There's no stupid questions. That's right. And we have a big event coming up on Saturday, November 9th in Chicago. You can find it on our website under events. We're going to have licensing agencies there. We'll have all of our coaches there. And and it, it's open to everyone, although the seating is limited, so you should register. 
But these are these are large. We hold large events and small events that recruit foster and adoptive parents, and they're very successful. Sometimes I think we have to understand why we're bad at something before we can get good at something. Why does Illinois have such terrible numbers when it comes to foster kids? You know, Illinois doesn't want to have bad numbers when it comes to having foster parents and adoptive parents. I believe they're out there. I believe they just need tighter recruiting, and that's what we're really good at. We're here to support DCFS and the agencies that work with DCFS. So there, there's an answer here. Yeah, and the overwrought caseworkers uh, don't have time to go out and promote it. I think that's one of the reasons that Let It Be Us is so important, because you can do things uh, to let people know this is a huge need in the state, and there's no commitment to going out and getting information. No, this is a learning process. And I'll, I'll tell you, we've, we've worked really hard to create our registry, which is actually a database. We have over 700 parents that want to receive a license, and we have over 500 families that have a license. And so I'll tell you a story. In the middle of the night, our Let It Be Us phone received a phone call from an investigator in Elgin, Illinois. Okay. She had a six-year-old little boy in her office at 3.30 in the morning, and she had no home. We were able to find, within 15 minutes, five homes that were licensed and open and willing to take them. How about that? How about that? Instant emergency respite care, bang. That's recruiting. Because you have to have that database. You have to we have, have that go through database. It. It's accessible to everyone who works at Let It Be Us, and, and we use it all the time to solve problems like that. We got a call the other day for a 10-year-old little girl. She'd been separated from her little siblings. That's a terrible thing, but that happens sometimes when it's out of, it's just out of, no one can control that. It just happens. Right. But she was used to caring for her little siblings, and so they wanted to find a home for her where there were little kids where she could do what she did best and she could be comfortable. Well, we were able to find three homes that had little kids who had a foster care license and that was open and willing to parent her. Um, there are a million great stories. You'll hear more this week. We all, Really, we urge you to go to the website, letitbeus.org. We urge you to check out the Heart Gallery and see all these beautiful little faces because all these kids want what every kid wants. They just want to be loved. They want a family. Right. You know? I mean, that's that's the minimum we could uh, do. And um, it's understandable that people uh, listening and go, I'd love to do this. I just don't know if I can. That's why you need to go to one of these informational sessions. Yeah, just figure it out. Just come and check it out. It's The kids are all ages, stages, ethnicities, up to age 21. We have some kids that have gotten into college. They have nowhere to go for the holidays. We have little kids. We have sibling sets. We have children who have special needs, emotional needs, uh, or physical needs. And, um, you know, we, we just have a lot of little kids that need your help. And it's not just you being a hero by doing this. Gee, when these folks step up, they will all tell you to a person they got back ten times what they thought they were putting in. Well, uh-huh. you being a parent is one of the best no things. No question. It is the best thing in the whole world you can do. Can you imagine if I didn't have four kids in my house? Right. I mean, oh. I, I love my kids. And and they love you, and they should, Mom. Uh, but as an adoptee, I can also speak from that side as well, that as an, uh, adoption is a wonderful, wonderful thing. And as you said, foster care is a nice bridge to adoption. Uh, respite care is crucial to be able to take kids in. So let's stick around. We'll come back in a second. G has uh, hardcore journalistic questions to throw at you in just a moment. Uh, first, it's 940. G saying I'm number one. I didn't know that. Susan McConnell is the founder and executive director of Let It Be Us, an organization that promotes foster care to adoption and does a wonderful job in doing it. It may be something that uh, you didn't even know was a need or didn't know existed. And that's one of the reasons we do this week uh, for the second year in a row now. We plan on continuing it to promote 
foster care and adoption during Adoption Awareness Month. But you need to be aware of it every day. Um, what do you want people to know that you think they don't know? Because I know you run into this all the time where you go, well, there's this misconception or that misconception. What do you want, to, what do you want people to know? That's a good question. I think that people think these kids did something to get in this situation, and they didn't. Their parents either abandoned, abused, or neglected them. They think they all have high needs. Of course, they have special needs because they need attention. A lot of them are behind in school. Uh, A lot of them have issues that need to be addressed. But the DCFS has a lot of services for those parents, and there's a lot of counseling that's available and, and there's a lot of help out there. They have foster parent support specialists, which are much like our coaches, but they're further on in the process. Those are people who are available for helping anytime. Um, it's, it's the, 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 and, the, and as I said, the children are of all ages. Adoption is a possibility. People who are, you know, international adoption, the numbers are going down. Come look at this as an option. Infertility, 17% of couples have infertility issues. Come look at this as an option. It's a great opportunity to be a parent. What I'm so impressed by and surprised by, too, is that your placement of the children is so thoughtfully done. Um, For example, you found a home for a teenage girl who was pregnant and needed that support as she was going through her pregnancy. And you found a home that was right for an LGBTQ teenage girl who needed extra support because she was in the LGBTQ community. And I think for somebody listening who maybe is a part of a special community or a community that, um, you know, maybe needs a little bit more attention, it's a great way to pass that forward, too. Yeah, so uh, foster care and adoption does not discriminate. We actually don't do the placements. We actually uh, create the database of parents and then caseworkers who make the placements come to us and say, I need... uh, I need a female-run household because I have little girls or girls who have been in abusive situations. They do best in female-only households. And yeah, they need to learn if the world's okay and, and figure out a way to function. But if it wasn't for the database, they wouldn't be able exactly. to find. It's, exactly. The hardest part is finding people that yes. match the, the type of home that you need. Yes, and we can give them three choices, sometimes more, of the exact family they're looking for. Um, Texter, uh, my son and daughter-in-law have been foster parents for two years. Thank you for that. They would love to adopt the kids. The father is now, apparently out of nowhere, decided to fight the surrender of his parental rights. Is there an obvious next step? Is that something that goes back to courts? I mean, uh, how, how do they even handle that? DCFS has people who can help with that. You know, and if and if the child, it, if children can go back home, that's awesome. Um, and as long lot, as it's a healthy situation. Yeah, a lot of times they can't go back home. So, so that's where foster care and adoption answers that quite, answers that problem. And if you can have a relationship with that father, say the father can't really parent that child, but if the father can have some type of arrangement, some type of relationship with that child, that's actually good for that child. One of the things I love about you guys at Let It Be Us is your concern is the child. Your concern is the right place for the child, finding the child a home and a family that will love him or her, or maybe them. And uh, you say it all the time. You've said it since the day I met you. Let's go. They flourish. If you... If a child grows up in foster care in Illinois, they have a 37% chance of graduating from high school. If you're adopted into a family, you have a 94% chance of graduating from high school. That changes the whole complexion of that child's life. That's gateway to college. That's a gateway to employment. That's a gateway to a better life. 
This audience is incredibly generous, and through the success you've had and the family that you have, maybe consider making a contribution. There's a big old white button right at letitbeus.org. But if you are a corporate type or have any interest in getting involved, uh, really on any level, but a bigger level, certainly welcome. Write a big fat check. That'd be fine. Uh, Ross Cochran at letitbeus.org would be happy to talk to you about that. But, Susan, you know how much I salute the work you do, so let me say it again. Uh, thank you. Thank you for the thank work you, you guys so, do every day. So for corporations, we have an aggregated audience of foster parents and adoptive parents that no one has aggregated. And a, a huge percentage of those followers are women. So you corporate corporate corporations that want to follow us uh you are more than welcome and and our audience we really need the funds so that we can grow that audience and ross can connect you with susan and other people but i also want to thank our board we have an amazing board we have an amazing staff yeah you do i have an administrative person that works with me every single day so that we can get 10 times as much work done as if i was alone and thank you to our anonymous donor who who started our coaching program because that's something that didn't exist, and that's something that's making a huge difference. Yeah, and stepped up big time. Well, you know you're always welcome here. Maybe we'll see you again before the end of the week, right? Thank you. Thank you, Susan. Let it be us.org. Bill and Wendy are here. Bill's back after a one-day suspension for, uh, I don't know what he's Why didn't I think of that? I could have started the rumor. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, a couple of last-minute texts coming in. Uh, one of the Spice Girls accidentally texted her mom a picture of her boobs. Oh. So we're asking uh, for text this morning. Gee, I think you'd agree with me. We we got one horned up audience on this show uh, based on yeah, the text we received this morning. No idea. Uh, but a couple more before we go. My hubby uh, was deacon chairman. I mentioned this earlier. Can you go S word the entry doors? <laughs> yeah, that was the autocorrect. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah, that's no good. Um, what did I do with the new list here? Stand by. I think if I sent my mom that accidentally, she'd be like, "Great, honey, I'm so glad you're seeing somebody. When are you getting married? When are the grandkids coming? Yes, more, more texts. <laughs> oh God, six three zero. My ex husband sexted me. My ex husband. I wrote back. This probably wasn't meant for me, right? He said, "No, could you?" send it back i didn't uh, 847 i'm a teacher i sent an email to about 25 students uh, and parents about shifting the schedule didn't come out as shifting uh, <laughs> by the way if you have a schedule for that maybe the kids ought to eat something different during the day and uh 219 i drunk texted my former boss emphasis on my former boss oh. that's no good uh-uh. what are you guys doing today uh, we are, it's a Tech Tuesday, so we're going to talk to Bridget Carey from CNET, and it's also Lung Cancer Awareness Month, so Dr. Kim will be in the studio to talk about that. All right. Uh, you're going to be on the radio in about uh, 10 seconds. We'll do the news. So oh. here's some music. We'll do the news. This is right. how it's going to work. Right. And then after the news, the Bill and Wendy show will start. There's a couple of wardrobe changes. The band will be ready. We'll go for Let's that. Let's try that. All Excellent. Right. Let's start right now. We'll see you tomorrow. Oh, there's the band.